and hello hello welcome to the gay racing podcast um on a wednesday late october and today we have a special guest um y'all know him as lefty or noah sweet however you want to call him we have him on the podcast today hello noah how you doing I'm doing just as good as I'll ever be. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little nervous with this whole delay thing. Just yeah, waiting for the call. <laughs> I bet Texas <laughs> still hasn't happened. So, because I I want to know like on the podcast, um, just in general for many reasons. Like this is the first designer I've had on the podcast too, and um, I was starting to think like, you know what, I kind of want more designers on here because just to just to talk because this is one of my platforms to talk about like, I guess how I like NASCAR design and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, and I was going to be like, so how was this weekend and seeing your car on track? <laughs> and now it's Wednesday. We still haven't gotten a race. Um, yeah, I've never seen this before. Like it's never, I've never seen a race get delayed three times. I, I just, you know, it had to be me, right? It had to. <laughs> well, here's it the... just, it's just nuts because I, I was so nervous just sitting, waiting and waiting and waiting all week long. Just like, okay. I'm going to see my car this weekend. It's going to happen. You know, this is going to be nuts. And then it's like, okay, now I'm waiting again. <laughs> Just kind of waiting for the car to hit the track again. And it doesn't help that that car that Jimmy's got this weekend is just fast as can be. Mm-hmm. 26 to second in 50 laps. And he's been sitting in second place for, gosh, I don't know, over 50 hours. I don't know. I had no idea it's he was even a second. Because I didn't watch, in, yeah. I didn't watch the first part of the race because I was watching the IndyCar finale. Oh, um, yeah, oh yeah, trust me, trust me. I knew he was in second. I was paying. I was paying that the is most crazy. attention to that car. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I've just been like sitting here, and people are like, "Hey, Noah, how does it feel that your car's been in second place before you?" And I was like, <laughs> I talk about it." That is... I've been thinking about it all day. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, the last time that Texas, this Texas race was impacted by rain, Carl Edwards won, and. It ended up being his last win, and he retired. Oh, so I was like, I was just like, so it's perfect well, for Jimmy to win because he's about oh, to retire. Yeah. Um, it's the same with Clint though, because Clint is in first. If because a lot of people have told me about that, the uh, yeah, like the whole it's like this is gonna be like his last win. It's like a rain delay, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, it's like <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, here and just, it's just nuts, man. One hundred percent of his wins with Ally. Um, as in the Daytona Clash, um, was a rain delay. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> That's true. I, I forgot, forgot about, about that. that. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to suppress that thought. That was a, that I didn't, I don't know. I usually like, like, I'm usually so much more excited when a driver wins, like just by winning. Cause I keep mm-hmm. telling people, I just kind of want him to like win, win, you know? Yeah. But a win in itself, seeing the car in victory lane, especially being the designer would mean the world. Yeah. Like, I that, can't even imagine that. would that. be nuts. Yeah, that is. I think that, that I cool. think the like primary primary thing that I'm kind of struggling with with this whole thing is like, okay, what what happens after this? You know, it's like how am I gonna like not like more or less like what's next, but like what's gonna top this? Mm. Like, am I have I already peaked it in like 19? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like I because I feel like the only thing that could like top making a race car for your like lifelong hero, like a seven time champion, you know. I mean, just like besides the fact of all of his accolades, I mean, this is a guy I've been rooting for for mm-hmm. ever since I can remember. Like, I've always dreamed of this. And it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. Where do I go from here? Because I feel like everything that happens after this, it just isn't going to feel as big. But I need to, like, think of it as, like, 
this is everything everything else is just going to be milestones and accolades you know right it's just Mm -hmm. i just gotta i just gotta remember like i had this is what i enjoy doing this isn't i'm not doing this because you know oh this is this is gonna get me more you know attention here you know Mm -hmm. or oh this is gonna this is gonna get me more clout on this side you know it's more or less just the fact that i've just enjoyed doing this this is how i started it you know it's not about you know how can I make the biggest, baddest thing in NASCAR, right? It's always kind of just right. been doing it for the enjoyment and sharing it with everybody because they enjoy seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's such a it's such a weird thing with all this. It, it, it's hard to balance out, like, you know, am I doing this for my career or am I doing this because I love it, you know? Yeah, and, well, in the perfect world, it's both, right? Yeah. Um, that's how I'm hoping I'm doing because I'm studying to be an art educator. And honestly, mm-hmm. um, with NASCAR design too, I want to eventually make like a tutorial for new designers to get into like painting because a lot of people have approached me like on Twitter, like, how do you paint your cars? And I have to like, like sloppily explain to them, well, I do it with NR2003, but it's not actually in the game. It's with Photoshop, but these renders aren't Photoshop. These renders are Blender, and it's so much. There's so much to the process, yeah. and right. Um, but in terms of you mentioned, like you're afraid you'd like peaked. Um, I think growth and like artistic accomplishments isn't as like linear, I guess, because well, I mean, how do you top Jimmy Johnson anyway? That's just not something that yeah you got to worry about. <laughs> There's no way to top Jimmy Johnson. Like yeah, I especially. I mean, just in so many different ways, just in terms of just trying to get his accomplishments as another driver. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. The, the only thing that I've really sat down and thought about is like, I feel like the only thing that would be able to, you know, make this second place is if I ended up making a paint scheme that was iconic as say, yeah, like the rainbow warrior mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or Earnhardt's three car, right. you know, yeah. but I feel like, that is that is single-handedly like the only thing that's going to be able to top this is if I make a scheme that people are, excuse me, hanging up on their walls or making stickers out of. You know, it's oh. it's just that kind of thing. I feel like that's the only thing that's going to top this. Well, if Jimmy somehow pulls this out of the bag, which I have, Sunday was a really good day for racing for me. Lewis Hamilton set like a new record. Um, yeah. The, the championship battle with Scott Dixon and Joseph was pretty good. Mm. Sunday had vibes for me, and I was like, Jimmy's winning today. It's happening. I, just, I <laughs> yeah. felt it. Um, yeah, little did I, I know. I was watching him go through that field. Man, it's just, I was like, it's, it's, it's happening. It's, it's happening. <laughs> it's either, I mean, I could see it happening at Martinsville, too. Um, yeah. Like, it yeah, has he, to happen. Because he did really good. Was it this year? Yeah, he got, he won a stage. God, it feels so long ago. I know. Oh my gosh. That's that's nuts. It feels like the first Phoenix race was like a year ago too. Like <laughs> Oh yeah. Um But Jimmy, um what am I saying? Jimmy if he somehow wins, um, with your paint scheme, people will remember that forever because I mean when you think about oh, Jeff so Gordon I. Yeah, I think of that <laughs> random AARP paint scheme he ran at Martinsville. I don't really know. Yeah. Like why it was different, but I remember it was different. It was just a lot more red and it, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, I can't even. I can't even tell you what I would do. I if couldn't that imagine. Wins. I couldn't imagine. I, like, how do you react to that? Oh no, I'm kind of scared <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, I'm just, 
I'm a little nervous. I would probably start crying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's. Yeah, oh my gosh. Gosh. Um. <sighs> but that's awesome. Um, really awesome stuff. How did that get started, by the way? Like, um, I mean, we know Ally. Like, I know Ally. Like, reached out to you, um, and you got to like, you got to actually talk to Jimmy. I know on Zoom. So like, yeah. How did that yep. like start? Like, what? Like, if you can tell us anything about it. Well, obviously, uh, after I took my long social media break yeah. and, and got help for mm-hmm. my mental health issues, I uh, when I came back, there was like I hadn't seen anything that happened on social media mm-hmm. or transpired, like any of the support. I hadn't seen any of it for an entire week mm-hmm. because. Uh, in the inpatient program that I was in, they didn't allow you to have your phone. Right. They didn't allow you to have any access to the outside world besides the phone on the wall. And my mother kept telling me about it. She kept saying this. She would like cry, and Aww. you know, it was it was really like I just I just wanted to know what people were saying because that's what I had been doing for years. You know, I just want to hear what people are saying about me, whether it's good or bad. Right. You know, it just it was it was a test for me to like kind of like this is your break. You need to stay out of social media. This is, you need to get help. You can't worry about that right now. Mm -hmm. Cause if we talk about it, it's going to make me want to leave more. So I I had to like tell her to not tell me about it until we got out, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of keep the conversation, what's going on in here and my progress and whatnot. So it was really, really tough knowing that it was happening and really tough, you know, knowing I couldn't see it, but it was kind of a test in a way. But once I was done, once I got out, and I put out that tweet saying, you know, saying what had transpired throughout the past week. And I was really excited to see everyone again. Right. One of, you know, one of the comments was Ally Racing. And they said, hey, Noah, uh, send us a DM. You know, we got some, we got a big surprise for you, right? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that. And then, yeah. And then Andrea <laughs> Brimmer commented underneath it telling me, you know, all these positive things. And then below that, like, I think the same night. I saw the Jimmy Johnson like profile icon and I said Jimmy <laughs> Johnson, but I was like, okay, yeah, people use that all the time. And then I looked and I saw the check mark and it says, stay strong, Noah. And I click on the profile. It's actually Jimmy Johnson. I would have ran out of my house. Was, yeah. She was right next to me in the car. <laughs> we had just finished eating at Outback Steakhouse. Right? <laughs> the details. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, let's go to Meyer. We're going to, we're going to get it like a candle or something. She's like, okay, that sounds nice. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go through my phone real quick. And I saw that I'm like, Snowy. This is like what Jimmy Johnson commented on my post, oh my and she's like, "I'm honestly not surprised." <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean you're not surprised? It's Jimmy freaking it's Johnson." Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "What are we supposed to do? Do I reply?" And she's like, I, "That's up to you." I was like, "I don't know what to do." <laughs> I hate replying just... when that happens because I'm like, "Nah, I, I don't want to look not cool." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because when when all this stuff like started transpiring that's when i like messaged um ally racing and they're like yeah we want to set up a zoom call with you andrea brimmer jimmy johnson and all them wow. and i'm like ah, okay because <laughs> <laughs> wow. like i like i'm telling you right now like half of the time that i spent uh in the inpatient program half of that time like the last half was spent preparing myself to coming back because i know i'm gonna have to come back to social media right. i know i'm gonna have to go back to it i'm gonna have to talk to people you know I just that that was a big thing that I needed to prepare for and I was not expect I was not prepared for the degree that it happened and I was super super nervous and like nerve-wracked through all this and it was really really like put me in a bad place 
and it was really testing all of the like um, coping mechanisms and uh, like exercises that I learned uh, in the inpatient program to suppress that anxiety, su to suppress that like nervousness. And then, and it helped. Don't get me wrong. Right. I was still nervous though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, it like never really goes away. It's just like yeah, for it's, me... they they don't they don't. This is what people don't understand. Like these programs aren't meant to eliminate your anxiety. It's to help you deal with it. Right. You know, because anxiety won't go away. Yeah. You know, that's just it's it's something. It's because I was uh, I was diagnosed with uh, uh, anxiety disorder and clinical depression. Right. So you, I mean that's that's that that's that's right. pretty much it you know it's the only thing that you, you can really do is find ways to deal with it and help yourself get through it so it's it was really like a test of like what i learned that's really you know? interesting actually i didn't even think about yeah. that like because i mean it's i mean i kind of i mean they didn't tell me that but it's just kind of what i pulled from it you know i'm putting myself in this like situation and like how like I would have been so nervous, and I, I read somewhere that you went through, like, ten different concepts. Oh, yeah. Like, I can it was, imagine. It was, actually, it was actually more than ten. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that I think the actual number was 15 to 17. Wow. I think it's, yeah, I, it, um, because initially going into that meeting, I didn't know that was for, I just knew I was talking to Jimmy. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it started out with them talking about, like, uh, like run us through how you're doing, you know, and I, I told them about it and I told Jimmy about my story and he, he, um, of, of course, initially I was like shaking. I was nervous, <laughs> you know, cause they always say, don't meet your heroes. You know, I'm just like, I'm just nervous. This isn't going to go the way I expected it. Yeah. You know, but when I told Jimmy about like some of my past, like memories, like with racing, he actually like compared like my memories to like his own, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like I told him about, uh, uh, which, yeah, the, when, uh, when my dad and I used to go to Lowe's, like he would go to Lowe's all the time. <laughs> I, I just, I just naturally thought it was Jimmy Johnson's house. Like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> they had this, they had this show car out front. This was like 2006. Um, I don't know if you remember Jimmy's Shamu car. Um, <gasps> The that whale one was sitting out. Yes, it was yeah. sitting out in front of the Lowe's for like a couple months, and I used to, I used to just ask Dad, "Can we go to Lowe's? You know, can we go to Jimmy Johnson's house? <laughs> I want to see Jimmy's car." And there, and and at the exit, there was just this massive banner of Jimmy and his car. It was huge. It was just sitting above the exit. So I'm just like, "I, I this is his house. This is Jimmy's this house. Is I, house. I want to go to Jimmy's house." You know, and I told so him cute. about that, and he thought it was, he thought it was hilarious, and I was like. And they told me when he was living in California, when they used to go to uh, Hardee's, um, he thought he was going out to kill Yarbrough's race shop as a kid. And I was Aww. like, oh my gosh, you do that too? That is <laughs> so was, cool. It was, it was just cool. And at, at that point, it just kind of like, it felt like a personal conversation. Like I was just talking to him as like a human being, you know, not as Jimmy Johnson, you know, the seven time champion. It was just like I was talking to another person. It was great. And he had a lot of things to say about like social media and like how to have thick skin, you know. He told he told me like this this whole thing with social media when people are hating on you and and insinuating things and thinking they know about the situation. All the people who are upset are people who don't know the situation. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, I, I do notice that. That makes sense. You know, it's like he, he said, you really only have to worry about the people who are closest to you and who know you rather than the people who don't. Right. You know, if if so, if people you know and people who are close to you or were close to you are starting to turn on you, you know, maybe that's when you should start reevaluating what's what, what's going on. But if it's just people you've never met before, you've never heard their name, you've never had a social interaction with them, they're, they don't know what's going on. You know, they don't know the mm-hmm. whole story. They only see the negative, you know, and, and that kind of struck a chord with me. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because people always tell you, just ignore it. Just don't pay attention to it, you know, but it's easier said than done. You mm-hmm. know, no, Definitely. everyone tells you the destination, but never, no one ever tells you how to take the journey. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just really difficult to deal with like, for everybody. Like it's always different for people, but it just depends on everybody getting on a general understanding, you know. Yeah, and Jimmy's definitely kind of mastered that because, I mean, during the, his reign of, like, five championships, I feel like he definitely got a lot of hate, not only just for winning, but, like, a lot of people accuse Hendrick of, like, cheating and, you know, Jimmy's, no. well, like... Well, if he ain't cheating, you ain't winning. So, uh, well, I mean. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's, that's very true. Cheating in 2020 is adding that black on the car to... to uh, they, oh, jeez, when they started doing that... <laughs> new inspection the Stuart Haas cars are like hey uh, what if we just make the quarter panels black <laughs> it was just like, I don't know it was got me messed up. like all the paint schemes just went south man it did like 2016 I will say right now is like peak paint schemes like those paint schemes in 2016 were sick I feel like I NASCAR ended in 2016 <laughs> I don't know what we're watching now, but it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can go off on a tangent about all this yeah. packages too, oh and my how God. it's affecting paint schemes. Like, as I pay attention to it big time. Yeah. You know, I've... like 2017 when we started doing like that new. I think we hit the new inspection stuff in 2018, right? Uh, I think so. I honestly yeah, I don't remember. Right. I think 2017 is when we got to the point where we were like, okay. Uh, quantity over quality we're gonna wrap cars now you know and then it's 2018 is like hey we could make our paint schemes different to pass inspection and now we're in 2020 and we're putting white logos on white hoods and it's just an absolute it's just it's just it's just an absolute (laughs) catastrophic situation for us paint scheme are you talking about the eric jones auto insurance yes i am (laughs) i I know exactly what you're talking about i was so upset i was like who who allowed this? Why is this a thing? We, you, I mean, this is just general art understanding at this yeah. point. This isn't just like, hey, that spot looks empty. It's like, hey, I can't read that. Like, yeah, Excuse exactly. Me. Yeah, it's a, who, um, what happened? <laughs> I just, oh man, I, I could go on all day. About oh yeah, this, obviously. I'm, I'm, oh man, I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, I, I tell, yeah, I, I went off last episode about the package and stuff and. Um, NASCAR is NASCAR. I've noticed, I've noticed, yeah, I've noticed a bit of a pattern with the whole package thing and how people are like, we want this extreme, but we, and not this extreme. I've always said and preached like packages is all about, excuse me, all about balance. Okay? Yeah, that's fair. Like what we got now with these Gen Six cars is this wicked thing called side force, mm-hmm. right? It's like downforce, but on the sides. It's, it, it's, it's <laughs> the problem is like we have to balance it out. Like there's a reason why we can't do low downforce because the low downforce is just going to be overpowered by the side force. 
you can't have a car that has no downforce and a bunch of side force. Right. Because you'll get you'll get things like someone driving by another car when they're deaccelerating, and it takes the air off the like the little air that it has on the spoiler because mm-hmm. there's barely any air going over it, and it's gonna make them wipe out. Like we saw Brad talking about that at that Kentucky race. I think it was 2017. Yeah, because that was like the 2017 package where they had no downforce, little downforce. Yeah, exactly. But they have still all that, that side force because of the fender flares and stuff. Yeah, with that, with how small that spoiler is, when you side draft someone, all the air comes off the spoiler. There's literally no air going on the spoiler with the side draft. Like when you side draft someone, it takes that air off the yeah. spoiler. If the spoiler is that short, it's just going to eliminate all the downforce. That's why the twenty. That's why the twenty sixteen package was actually like all right. Like when you side drafted with the twenty sixteen package, mm-hmm. it turns your car into the twenty seventeen car. Like that's it's shortened that much of yeah. a spoiler to that point. And that's what I. That's what I've always talked about. Like twenty thirteen was kind of the year where we kind of dialed in. Okay, what's this Gen six car going to race like? And then they're like, okay, we might need to add a little more downforce right mm-hmm. and then 2014 ended up being fantastic right because there was a bunch of power and there was a tall spoiler right mm-hmm. god i missed that it, exactly and then <laughs> 2015 is when they lowered the power with yeah. the same downforce the racing got worse yeah they made because them, like, we eliminated cars yeah it eliminated the balance mm-hmm. right we took the balance away from the power. So the power is less and we've got more downforce. Yeah. So the racing got worse. And then they're like, hey, okay, now let's lower the downforce. And then the racing got better because yeah. they balanced it back out. It was not, it was, I mean, people debate whether or not 2016 and 2014 were better. But in 2016 is when side draft became a bit, like a bit more unpredictable mm-hmm. because the side draft had more of an effect because the spoiler was shorter. And then 2017, they're like, okay, lowering the downforce made the racing more, and then the racing got worse. Yeah, they said no spoiler. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, hey, what if we just like make the power super, super low with a downforce super, super high? And then and now the racing is just like, okay, we can't pass now because we have no power. Because we all the runs that the drivers get now, they're not organic runs, right? It's like a draft run. Organic mm-hmm. runs is yeah. like you get a better exit and you right. get on the throttle exactly. quicker than the guy in front of you. And the air won't affect that run. And the only thing that can affect the runs like now is air. And with how much turbulent air those things are making with the aeroducts and the side force and all that downforce, it's like, okay, we can't pass it out. Great. This is exactly what we wanted. We love this package. That's why why I'm hoping that under arrow, like the diffuser, all of that, I hope that really helps eliminate that that bubble, you know, that that just forms around that car, that side force, you know. It's Mm -hmm. just, I just, I got my fingers crossed. Yeah, I don't know about you, Alex, but I feel like I've learned a lot about cars on this podcast. (laughs) I've learned more than I could have imagined from this podcast. I had a general idea of how it all worked, like downforce and stuff. Um, Side force, like, I understood it, but I didn't, like, realize, like, why... Like, for example, the Gen 6 car, the right side's a lot flatter than the left side, and I didn't really understand how that worked or why it was like that, but now... Because Mark Wiley was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he explained that to me. Yeah, I think from what I've seen, side force is really just kind of there to affect how much downforce you have, I think, from what I've seen. Like, the less side force you have, uh, the less likely someone's going to be able to affect your downforce when they get up next Mm -hmm. to you. But, you know... 
when you got a when you got a small spoiler, side draft just becomes now you have no draft. You have no downforce. I, I hope you like spinning into this turn. Yeah. That's that's essentially so what a, that's essentially what it was, I think. So I have a question for you, Noah, regarding this sort of topic. Did they have to did they ever reject a paint scheme you submitted to them because of arrow reasons by chance? Or uh, they ask you to do anything specifically? Generally or, I kinda I think the design method I have kind of adheres to all that stuff. I know, obviously, you can't really do, like, stuff that's hard to replicate vector-wise. I think that was the only thing I was really limited to. There was a few things, mm. I think, that were changed. I'm not sure. Like, in terms of, uh, like, the wrap on the car and, like... It was just generally, like, where the design was. I think we moved the uh, stripes back just a tad. Uh, like the the like the front lightning bolt. I think we moved it back just a just a little bit. Uh -huh. I think there wasn't yeah, really much that needed to be changed. I think like not 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 much. I was actually kind of surprised. That's interesting. I wonder how many people submit these schemes and they've had the no. We need we need a giant black blob right here. <laughs> or we're gonna fail <laughs> yeah. infection. So I think I, I think a lot curious. of them do that. I think a lot of them do that when. It's like kind of like a one-off sort of paint scheme, like yeah. where the sponsor isn't paying that much money. Because I noticed it wasn't really much on the primary paint schemes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All the primary ones are kind of set in stone. The ones that are running the Daytona 500, you know, the ones that are right. set to be like, this is the identity of this car, is the sponsor. I noticed the ones that they had a little bit of paint scheme freedom with. It's like, let's exploit the hell out of this. We're gonna, we're gonna make the the wheel wells black we're gonna make the quarter panel all black and it's gonna be fantastic and we're gonna pass the section and we're gonna win this race and and usually never happens so i don't i noticed I don't know. with the jimmy johnson the white rally car that they introduced um late season they use like so the the original car for the season it had like black around the rear wheel um mm -hmm. didn't have as much purple around it so on the white car, that's kind of a problem. Um, so they put dark purple blocks around it, and I just wonder if that's like, if that's playing with the arrow. Um, it, I, it might be. I don't know because I noticed I it know. wasn't necessarily like black. It just had to be a color that was darker than the one around it. So it kind of gave off like a. It probably messed with the depth of the, uh, like the scanner. Mm -hmm. Like as it, it generally just kind of like. It was just making sure that the color around the wheel well was darker than the one around it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. All that purple kind of did make that ally car look a little better. Because I yeah. know when I heard about the white car running, I made some concepts. And I'm like, it just looks empty back here. I don't know. I don't know what to change. And then when they had that purple, I was like, that looks better. You yeah. know, I didn't really generally think of it in that way because because uh, I had been sitting there making concepts. But that arrow thing, it makes sense. It makes sense that that would make the rear like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, um, I was just looking at a lot of Jimmy Johnson cars because I'm working on something, but um, it, yeah, I didn't even think about that, like, in terms of, like, that affecting your paint scheme design, but, um, and just getting back on the design topic in general, I feel like racing design, I, I've noticed as I started making paint schemes, I've always been kind of in tune to, like, car design as a kid, like, I always paid attention to it, like, like, Dale Jr.'s cars, for example, like, I always noticed when they were different. Because from, like, 2008 to 2009, they changed the roof number and 
the green mm -hmm. went down further and i was like oh that's different i gotta get that die cast now like yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, and, exactly but i also like i also realized though i think in terms of getting new eyes on nascar racing design like i guess just talking and you've preached this before the importance of designers in racing um that's how a lot of new eyes get on the sport like for example the best example i can think of is like a little kid seeing kyle bush's m&m's car um yeah and then they're like oh the m&m's mm -hmm. car i want to keep watching him like or exactly literally like i worked with me as a kid yeah. with elliot sadler and kenny schrader yeah um and like it's just so cool I, I think. Yeah. And there's that's, such... that's a very, very important thing with uh, paint scheme designs is making sure you're bringing out the identity of the brand, especially yeah. if it's something as identifiable as, say, M&M's mm -hmm. or uh, Home Depot. Right. You know, if you're mm -hmm. displaying that brand properly while making the paint scheme look good, that's where that's where you become successful mm -hmm. with a paint scheme design. Like it's kind of I wouldn't say it's half and half. Sometimes it depends on what kind of paint scheme you're making. But the brand identity side is always something that is so, so, so important when it comes to bringing in new fans and bringing in like people to that brand. Like yeah. if you make, if you're, if you're, <laughs> if your Lowe's paint scheme is black, uh, bro. Hey, hey, yo, um, that doesn't seem right. I don't know about yeah. that one. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, guess, so I, get with, like the, I get it with the cobalt, right? Yeah, like, that was sick. Paint scheme, mm -hmm. That right? was sick. Yeah, exactly. It's a special car, yeah. you know. But like, you, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep the brand identity with the other paint schemes, you know. Like, mm -hmm. and like same thing with like Exalta. It's like I just wish, hey, could you guys advertise your paint? Hey, could you guys like do different colors? As yeah, exactly. Color? Like they did you know? C class, but they just did it like three times. Like I was like, okay, we get it. Like yeah, do something like, else. Hey, make like a make it a just a bright in your face like yellow paint scheme yeah. or orange or green like do like a deep green or something just anything you you, know, you made a concept for like the sam bass 400 um for like nashville uh, yeah. the nashville race because he used to design the guitars and stuff for that race um like the trophy i think it would be really cool if somehow some way that became like an all-star race for designers like teams reached out to like exactly whatever designers yeah, I was thinking the, the same thing or if yeah. they or if they just told their That'd designers so cool. okay go wild like do do surprise us like yeah if, if there's like, some you know way that there's happen. like throwback weekend right yeah where it throws mm -hmm. back to like all the old mm -hmm. cars and throw these like crazy you know like it, they would have different tire textures all this and this and that it's like crowd jewel race I'd always seen a Sam Bass 400 being a weekend that odes to the designers of NASCAR. Yeah. Right? Like, they all run a bunch of different classic paint schemes that are really iconic, like Sam Bass paint schemes in mm -hmm. particular. And and every car, whatever it's designed by, the designer, like, the designer's names will be, like, on the banner. You yeah, know I mean? that would be really mm -hmm. cool. Exactly. And then, and then it would be, and then, of course, the trophy will be, you know, a Les Paul Gibson guitar that's designed by someone right uh -huh. like me personally i want to see harris Lou paint this good like do this yeah, guitar design that would be paint to paint it mm -hmm. that would be the per like if i know i'm the one who kind of pitched it and i know people want to see me do it but it would mean the world to me if i saw like harris do this design yeah because i know he was big... really close to sam yeah. they were they were they were pretty close you know before sam passed away obviously mm -hmm. 
and it i i would it would warm my heart <laughs> if wow. i got to mm -hmm. sign that'd it. be perfect it'd be so cool and i know he would knock it out of the park mm -hmm. harris i i look up to harris so much like i i he his designs him and emily too it's like right you guys are you guys are so good at this <laughs> you know and i move a lot of that kind of sharp contrast to do with their designs onto my paint schemes mm -hmm. like a lot of my paint schemes have got like sharp contrast and sharp shapes and a few have gradients but the way they do their designs like there's barely any gradient but they make it seem so 3d and it's so it's so cool yeah i love it so I, much harris is at the level where i'm just like i don't I don't know if I can figure out how to do that when I when I look at his stuff because every time I mean for for you example every time I look at your stuff I'm like how do you do this because I feel like it'll help me go forward and be a better yeah, that's, artist. That's what's so tough. It's so hard to like teach it when you've kind of taught yourself. Yeah. Like I never really like looked up tutorials on how to do this. I kind of just like looked at the program. It's like hey, what can I do with this? You know? I just kind of look at other people going through it. Yeah, just, it's, it's I, sometimes it's yeah. hard to replicate what other but people yeah, do exactly. when you don't understand the program. Like when mm -hmm. you understand Photoshop and you understand what all these tools do, it's easier to replicate things. Right. And that's why I always preach like learn the program. Yeah, like learn as much as you can. You may hate the pen tool, but I want you to learn every single tool. thing that it can do. I hate the pen tool. You know, <laughs> learn all the hotkeys. Learn learn how to learn how to change the properties of it. You know, learn how to add this, add that. You know. Once you learn how to do that and you look at someone's piece, it's easier to replicate that. Like you, because when you sit there and go, how the, how the hell do you make yeah. a half tone? <laughs> you know? Oh, ha like, yeah. To do a bunch of circles. Like, it's like, no, there's an option for it. You right. can like, you go into edit, go into like all this stuff. And it's like, look, you can actually make a half tone. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, when you understand the program, it's a lot easier to replicate someone else's style. And I will always preach that. If you know your tools, it's easier to do the work. Yeah, there's so many different things too with like paint scheme design. Like I feel like replicating um, schemes helps me because it's just like, oh yeah, that's how I started. Yeah, it's yeah. like like there's times where you want to train your creativity too by making a completely original design, but it's also good to go mm. back and you know make like try to redesign or just recreate a car um, because you know if I just if I only created stuff that's completely out of my mind. Um, I'm not, I feel like I'll just stay with the same simple stripe paint schemes and stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of like art in itself. Like using reference is important because otherwise mm -hmm. you're like, your brain isn't going to have all this information. You need to get it from another source. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's always, uh, unwritten rules when it comes to making paint schemes, like where the sponsor goes yeah. or where the number goes. Or even how big the number the should be. Like exactly i always get really like particular about that because i'm like it needs to be the perfect size or i'm going to notice it's yeah not. it's got to be lined up with the rocker panel it's got to be mm -hmm. right in the middle it's got to be there's got to be this much space yeah. between the top and the bottom right and that's and that's what i mean by like there's so many unwritten rules to making paint schemes across every series of racing like obviously you know, you're not going to make an Australian supercar that's got NASCAR style decals, right? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna adhere it to the Australian supercar way, mm -hmm. right? Where there's a massive logo on the side, the numbers on the window, you know, and like even like with dirt racing, like there's certain spots that you put logos, and certain spots that people put designs that makes it look like a dirt car. That's why doing like replicas, doing um, like remaking actual paint schemes really gets you a general understanding of what like a paint scheme looks like you know what i mean like mm -hmm. where this design goes and 
where these logos go and where the numbers go, where the team logo is. You know what I mean? There's so many little things that people don't tell you about that you got to like learn on your own by doing actual paint schemes. Like before I made that Jimmy Johnson concept, I repainted all the Penske cars, right? I was like, okay, this is where logos go. This is where the manufacturer logos go. This is where this goes, this and this and that. And it makes it easy to make your own and make them look realistic. Right. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, definitely understand that. Um, and in terms of that reminds me when you mentioned like other racing series, I feel like NASCAR for me, I, I don't know if it's just because I've watched NASCAR my whole life, but NASCAR, like designing stuff for NASCAR is like, I feel like it's the perfect motorsport because there's so many cars and the way the sport is, there's so many paint schemes like Formula One, mm -hmm. for example, they run the same paint scheme all year. Exactly. Like, yeah. There's not much like there's not really much to do in terms of formula one design. Like you can design like, you know, a concept for next year's car, but in terms yeah. of like NASCAR, the sport's so big, especially here in America. And there's so yeah. many teams, there's so many sponsors and mm -hmm. it's a definitely, it's almost more accessible. I mean, I'm talking to someone who has a car on track right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, cra it's, it's insane really like how marketable NASCAR is. And it's really frustrating though more market marketable it could be if they do it correctly i you know i'm frustrated with the way the cars are now with all these freaking lines and curves yeah. and stuff like that's so hard to place sponsors down like yeah. sponsoring sponsoring a car tomorrow was nice that yeah. was like you were able to put a logo down and it wouldn't look different because oh, the hood's got these little bevels and stuff so when you put a logo on it i hope it's i hope it <laughs> I hope you can read it, you know. Yeah, well, that's Which just is the thing with, like, did the, uh, this how Ally did the Echo Hood, though. You know what I mean? Do you, they put that extra yeah. white there because of the because of how weird the Camaro Hood is. Mm -hmm. They wanted it to be readable. And that's why I kept the front end of the car generally empty. Like, it just has the stripes going back. And then once you get to the side of the car is when it starts getting noisy. Because the Echo Hood needed to be, like, the focus. Right. That was a problem that the actual 2020 scheme had. Because it had all that stuff on the front end, so the echo hood was just like, I, what's going on? You know, that doesn't really look uniform to the design. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It was kind of like generally just making sure the sponsors, the sponsors popped. That's why I made the rear end of the car like a dark purple, so that way the ally logo popped and the truth A on the quarter panel popped mm -hmm. much more. It was all about making sure that the sponsors were like prominent, but at the same time keeping like a a theme and a lot of general like callbacks to different stuff on the paint scheme like the amount of thought that i put in that car is more thought than i've put in any paint scheme yeah. that i've ever made in my entire life yeah like i there are some easter eggs on it like there's like seven lightning bolts right for yeah i forgot seven, to mention the, the seven, seven two and the lightning like the lightning bolt is shaped generally like a seven you know <gasps> and a lot of people thought Bro, that was the lefty seven oh i forgot God. to put that in the i forgot to i forgot to put that in the thing it wasn't the lefty seven. It was right. seven for the seven championships. And I thought people would be able to, to see that. And I go, got that. Oh, seven, seven championships, seven, there's seven stripes. And it was the same thing with, uh, like generally they told me when I was making some concepts, like we're really trying hard to like do a scheme that has purple in the back, mm -hmm. you know, like the ally purple. So it's recognizable. That, that's why the, the way the logos will pop. I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I thought of like that seven color idea because initially I had a scheme where the lightning bolts were just pink, like there wasn't any yeah. purple in it. And then I changed it so that way it was seven stripes and it looked like there was a seven and then the 48 yeah. could be sitting in the black so the 48 pops. Yeah, it looks, I'm looking at it right now, it's just so, they look like sevens. Like I'm not going to be <laughs> yeah. able to unsee that, that is so cool. <laughs> 
Because wow. I mean, it just looks like lightning bolts, right? Yeah. But and I, I actually, I actually got to talk to Jimmy before the race on Sunday. Wow. They let me talk to him again, and That's I awesome. spent that time telling him what the scheme meant, and he was thoroughly impressed. Like he was yeah. like, "Wow, wow, all right." That's, That's a lot of thought. That's awesome. That yeah. is so impressive. And yeah, and people I, don't really know you can do that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's the artist that popped out of me. It's know? like the his twenty seventeen scheme. The angle was forty eight degrees on one of the lines. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is so cool. Um, I. I, I always know when they ran the black ally car, I always wanted, like, I was glad when they brought the white car out because I always felt like ally should have always had, like, a purple and white car. It just seemed more fitting to the brand. No, yeah, the, the brand, exactly. Like, yeah, the black I, is I just really so depressing. Like, yeah. for that brand, black, I don't know black, why. I feel like the black, usually black paint schemes with sponsors that have no black, it's usually, like, a one-off or maybe three-race paint scheme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see a black Valvoline car. Exactly. Right? Valvoline mm-hmm. is, is white, red, and blue, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at Ally ads, there's no black on the Ally ads. It's usually white, pink, and purple, right? right? And actually, I didn't know this, but Ally's color palette actually has seafoam green in it. Oh? There's like seafoam. Yes, there is seafoam oh. green in the palette Bro. for some of their ads. And I was like, huh? They probably <laughs> don't have it on the car because it's clashed with the yellow 48 yeah exactly that's what i'm thinking but like i saw some of the like i they sent me the palette i'm like oh, there's there's green green <laughs> what what i don't i kind of <laughs> make a scheme with the green to see what it looks like i, I feel like it would look purples i don't know it's how it would look. look so weird i don't know how because again I, I feel like the number wouldn't i don't know if i feel like yellow. it'd be one of those things like the lumar paint scheme where it's like hey yeah. look purple alex, green number. alex has like, thoughts about the lumar paint scheme I fucking yeah. hate that Lumar scheme. <laughs> it's <so old. laughs> it Some people like it because I want it. to like it. Like yeah. I kind of do. Like me I and Alex. Like if it was a different blue, if it was a different blue, like a sky blue, and not the kind of pale blue it's got, maybe it's be- a white outline inside of the drop shadow. Maybe I think maybe. the 2019 one worked better than the 2021 because the light blue on the dark, like the powerful like red. Like the bright red is not. It needs happening. to. It needs to have a white background. Like that blue spot, like yeah. with the blue number, it needs to have like a white design yeah. going through it, and then have the orange around it. Because you need that. You can't have that number, like clash with that. Because yeah. like when you put blue on orange, it it's it, those are two contrasting colors, right? Right. But it also when you add a black outline to it, it makes it all muddy. You know, it's really hard to. It's really hard to make it pop out because you got one color that's really bright with a color that's really bright behind it it generally needs to be the same color if it's different colors your eyes will start to bounce you know what i mean Hmm. it'll look weird that's interesting it's really hard to it's really kind of hard to depict what's going on like that's why you need to make sure those colors are kind of the same you know what i mean wow and generally it doesn't need to be that complicated Mm -hmm. but i mean as an artist when you look at stuff like that it kind of it kind of Yanks your chain a little bit. It's like I just kind of wish there were different colors. You know, I feel like different. I feel like it would have looked better with a you know different kind of look. But people who really don't pay that much attention to it, and people who are like, "That looks cool. I like that. It's blue on orange. That's cool." You know, it's like, all right, yeah, cool paint scheme. You know, (laughs) you don't need to put as much thought into it, but you know, I mean, people can like it for their reasons. So 
if people like it for this reason, cool. That's great. That's why. Yeah, that's whatever. Why I mean, that's art. Make Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's art in general. Like, if people will like, if people like it for whatever reason, then obviously it's working somehow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Even if it doesn't make sense, then that's that's why I always say like, there's never like a best designer. It's always yeah. like how it just it's just like yeah, they just have a style that most people like. You know, mm-hmm. like some people, some people don't like designers. Because, oh, the designs are too sharp. It's too noisy. I like this guy because he makes he makes like simple aesthetic paint schemes, right? That's my favorite designer, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's never mm-hmm. really like this is the best designer of all time. It's like this is the designer that has a style yeah. that most people enjoy. Like like you can be you can be less experienced than Sam Bass, right? But Sam Bass. Uh, but you could you could have an art style that more people like than Sam Bass's art style, and then you'll be considered a better artist. Yeah, right? I mean, there's so many different ways to design a race car in general. Exactly, like it's it's never usually about like who has more experience. It's like who who has a style that most people like, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I spent so much time looking at paint schemes that people enjoyed and people highly regarded, and kind of make a style out of it. Yeah. A lot of people like the designs that are, oh, let's see, what's a good one? Um, Like the Bush paint scheme. Oh, like yeah. the, the Bush paint scheme that Kevin Harvick has. Mm-hmm. I like that one because of how bright it is. Right. right? People love the bright paint scheme. Yeah, anytime like color can orange, catch your eye, I feel blue, like is exactly. so good. People, and we need more of, like the bright. When I think of bright colors, I think of Danica Patrick's Go Daddy colors. Yeah. Yeah, and Menards exactly. cars and like I think yep. we need. I feel like the Cup Series right now, half the cars are this like same color of blue and white. Yeah, they're they're Joey all Logano's like, car stands yeah. out too. Exactly, yeah. like that. That's Logano's car is really one of my nice. favorite paint schemes. Is that is that is that Shell Pennzoil mm-hmm. car with the red rims? Yeah, like that. That's sharp, right? Yeah, People really like sharp. the bright cars, but there's just not a lot of them. Like there I used mean, to be a lot of them. I feel like. Oh, there was like 2000, like the early 2000s, late 90s. That was when cup car, like the interstate batteries car was that bright green. You know, it was like that. It was, it was cool. You know, that's what caught a lot of people's attention because the cars were so bright when they fly by, it'd be a rainbow of colors. Yeah. Like the old cars always captivated me as a kid. The old cars really spoke with their color blocking. I feel like, Mm -hmm. and less with their actual designs. And I think there's power to that. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm in. I feel like I'm in art critique right now. Uh, we yeah. oh, we've had such good conversation about art today. Um, um, but of course, this is this is the gay racing podcast, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here because you are a really like probably I don't know one of the biggest LGBT allies in the NASCAR community um, with the one mm-hmm. ally pride car you designed and mm-hmm. all the other ones you designed too and. Um, the stuff we did with uh, drive through and Pentalica and Caleb, Caleb, and all those pride cars. Um, what, like, I guess, I don't know how to ask this question. Like, just what's your, I guess, experience or inspiration or motivation or just like, like with the LGBT community? Because I know um, there's like something in something I read about like one of your relatives and yeah, their yeah, story. Exactly. Uh, because I was gonna say I've I've talked about this quite a few times uh, with different articles that I've been picked mm-hmm. out to be a part of. Um, it generally it generally started like about a year year and a half ago, right? 
because I because I like before I before I go off and talk about how I kind of started with all this, um, I grew up quite conservatively. Right, um, me too. <laughs> parents parents are very parents are very traditional. Yeah. Um, I had I had what I kind of call as like, um, a conservative view. You know, mm-hmm. where my peripheral vision is all closed out. It's only the lifestyle that I learned mm-hmm. and went through. And it's just a single line of sight. And I'm not looking at anything in my peripheral vision. Um, so a year and a half ago, my sister, she grew up quite different than my brother and I. Uh, she was born right when our parents divorced. So we, when we, when the parents split up, they, it made two households. Mm-hmm. So it was no longer, it was no longer the house I grew up in. She grew up in a totally different house and a totally different situation. So her life was a bit different. So she ended up being, her attitude, her demeanor was a lot different than my brother and I, who were 18 months apart. So she obviously went through a different lifestyle, different different school, uh, different parent, you know, was a little different for her. Um, she, uh, she came to me and told me um, that uh, she was a bit uncomfortable with going to, like, our parents. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously now it's 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 a totally different understanding you know they they totally accept you know and and love her for who she is and and what she's deciding to do and you know who she is you know she came to me and said that she was very uncomfortable with going to our parents about her bisexuality and she was 13 at the time and of course at the of course at the time i was like that doesn't make any why why just just tell them it doesn't matter right (laughs) that's who you are just tell them forehead like yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly. yeah, I was like, it doesn't, it just, that's, that's you, right? It's just like, no, you don't understand. Like, they're super, super, like, traditional. Like, they're not gonna be okay with me liking a girl. Like, you know, this, they, they're not gonna like it. And I was just like, what? that doesn't make any sense. To me. I, don't, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. And that was, and that was the part that came with like my privilege, of, like just being a straight guy like i don't have to deal with my parents being like i don't understand why don't you like girls you know it's it would be hard for me to explain and i'm and i was like wow that it's probably really hard for her to explain you know especially being young so i i took it upon myself to like i wanted to find out like what she was actually going through so i would ask her like you know what's like what is it what do you what do you do you know when you come across this kind of stuff and you feel like you can't explain it properly and she would tell me about it she would tell me what it what it you know how she felt about things and how she stood with everything and i took it upon myself to even like learn the different terms to learn what it meant to be a part of the lgbtq community and i was just so confused as to why people were upset about this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i was just like i don't i don't understand why why can't we just let people be who they want to be this doesn't make any sense and there's and the like it's like 50 50 50 like just ignorance and then the other 50 is religion right which is really really hard to debate with with people because they're so dead set on it it's how they grew up right so i took it upon myself to kind of open up my peripheral vision rather than just a conservative vision and understand the different ways people grew up this is how people are Like we need to, we need to accept people for who they are instead of trying to push them into our direct vision. Like this is the way I grew up and that's the way you should have grown up. Mm -hmm. Right. 
this is the way you should have learned. This is the way you should have been raised, right? Yeah. This and, is the way my parents and raised me. You know, like this other... is the way everyone else needs to be raised because this is my world and you all live in the same world as me, right? Yeah. And that's and that is what everybody gets hung up on. It's like how they grew up religiously, how they grew up with their parents, what their parents taught them. And if mm-hmm. that's how they grew up, that that's what their parents said, and they were the authority of their entire life growing up. They believe everybody else around them needs to live the same way because no. that's the world they grew up in. And no. they can't accept the fact that people are different. And when people see different, when they're growing up in a lifestyle that hates new things, right? Like traditional, mm-hmm. you know, conservative, keeping everything the same, keeping it traditional, they're not going to like it. Yeah, They're going to hate every single bit of it. That's why generally people who are conservative and very religious do not accept lifestyles that are different than their own. That's why they don't like people who are part of the LGBTQ community. That's why they feel like it's being shoved down their throat because yeah. it's not their lifestyle, you know. And that and that is something I never understand. It's it's like they're just they're just being themselves. I don't understand what the shoving down the throat part means to you, you know. Yeah, like, I don't understand where I that comes through. There's a lot of I think. A lot of people just use religion, like, as their excuse and stuff, and I don't think that's very valid, but you bring up a lot of good points there, because homophobia is, it's basically taught, like, um, like, you, what you said was, like, well, well, why can't you just tell them, like, you're, you like girls, like, well, I mean, that's, like, kind of the innocence of, like, well, because no one is, like, born homophobic, they're raised homophobic, and exactly i know my experience you know i was raised a very similar way like my parents were they you know they they were they were racist i'm just gonna say it right now they were racist too and mm-hmm. still basically kind of are um that's just society and how it was it's fucked um but oh yeah if, it's that's that's what i was going back to it's kind of it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks yeah you know and you can't you can't just oh, change God. someone's mind when it's the way they've grown up. You kind of they kind of have to do it on their own. Yeah, and I if I could get like my perspective on it. I wasn't raised like a conservative family or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just raised by my grandma, mm-hmm. who she's like a Democrat. So she's like kind of a moderate sort of person. But yeah. when I was like a teenager, um, my one of my aunts started dating someone whose brother was gay, and that was the first time like family wise anyone was like gay or anything and Mm -hmm. i heard another family member say to my very racist old (laughs) grandfather don't say anything about gay people because this guy's gay he's like oh i won't whatever but yeah no it was it was fucked up and i didn't know what that really meant yet i was like 12 13 yeah Um, you didn't you didn't know it was like a bad thing no, yeah. I didn't know what it meant really yet either. Because I, I, yeah, I when never, I first learned the I word, I was like, "It's an insult." Yeah, but that's that's what I that's what I also picked up on. Like as a kid, people used it as like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like like, oh, dude, I got so much homework, dude. This is so gay. You know? <laughs> I, I just be yeah. like, oh, I didn't know that was bad. You know, so that that was another thing of like my peripheral vision was totally closed out. Like the only vision that I saw was like, okay gay bad (laughs) you know that's how i grew Mm -hmm. up right and i kind of had to open open that vision out of like just because like you know you you grow up going through youtube and it's like epic libs owned compilations you know it's just you know (laughs) it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of bs you know and you're just like okay that's bad i'm not gonna do that you know 
but, but see, like even... you gotta really open up yourself to all all of everything you have to understand yeah. you have to understand everything before you insult it you know that, and of course when see, you start I, to understand it a lot harder to insult see i grew up not even with anything like that mm -hmm. and i i still didn't come out till a year ago i was i wasn't out to anyone in my family until just a year ago and right. for the most part everyone's very accepting and everything but it's like it's still hard for people even when they don't come from a religious background because of so much negative background with it you know and mm -hmm. it's just like that's why representation is so important yeah i was just about to say that oh, yeah and that's why when so you important. made when you made your gay, the lgbt pride car with the ally car that like really spoke to me like i never thought i'd see that in nascar because like mm -hmm. as a gay nascar fan that's something i never expected i'm like oh i'll just i'll, I'll i'm gay but like you know people in nascar they don't need to know that because that's it's just not accepted there yeah. but yeah that's it's really that's generally yeah that's generally why that was made i know a lot of people kind of insinuate why i made it and a lot of of course there's right. a lot of insults to it too i mean you know i read through pretty much all of that but you know, I'm not primarily the reason why I picked it was because I learned what the term ally meant mm -hmm. and how and actually how how much ally bank is actually active in the LGBTQ community. Yeah, I know. And it just it just it just fits so well. Mm -hmm. and, and Jimmy Johnson. I, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like this works really well. I've made a bunch of Jimmy schemes, but I didn't want to make an original design. I wanted it to be something that people recognize. Right. And it's like, okay, this is the paint scheme, right? This is what Jimmy's car looks like, but it's just different, yeah. right? This Because I was trying to represent the fact that the NASCAR community is supportive of this. People people mm -hmm. who are supportive of this will see this and they will agree with it and they will show that they are they are accepting, right? If they, mm -hmm. they're retweeting it, they're liking it, and they're commenting it, it, sh it, would show, it would show that LGBTQ community that we are supportive. Like, this is... This is NASCAR. We're we're fans, and we all accept each other, right? This is the this is our new generation of NASCAR fans, you yeah. know. Because I after I saw NASCAR's Instagram post where they did the "I am inclusive, I am courageous, I am NASCAR," mm -hmm. I was like, I I want to be a part of this. I want to I want I want to right. show that we as creators even are a part of this, and not just NASCAR making some political BS posts like all the everybody's saying you know like that's what they were calling it i was like no this is this is true this is we are we're accepting of everybody we don't we don't push people mm -hmm. out like the old stereotype so i wanted to be a part of it by making a paint scheme that is recognizable in nascar and using a driver that is very i mean that everybody knows yeah. you know and and showing it showing it to the entire community and mm -hmm. that's and that's where people kind of misunderstand mm -hmm. like the people who are insulting me they're kind of like misunderstanding the point of the car. Like I, I right. know a lot of people wanted to get that design on track. You know, they wanted it to be on live television and they wanted everyone <laughs> to see the car. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was never really generally my goal to get the car on track, like as a personal accolade, as a personal thing, mm -hmm. it was more or less just to show that us content creators agree with it. At, like mm -hmm. as NASCAR fans. And I wanted people to know, like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, we are inclusive. We are courageous. You know, this is NASCAR. This is the new generation. You know, we're, we're pushing out the old stereotype. Yeah, because I just think about, I mean, I've been watching NASCAR since I was seven. If there, if there were gay NASCAR paint schemes on track, that, I honestly think I would have, 
I mean, it, it would have made me, like, think about gay people, right? Because I didn't mm-hmm. really know gay people existed until I, I guess I was, like, 10. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I didn't even think about that I would be gay and that it was even an okay thing until, like, maybe 13, 14. I think that's why, like, again, what Alex was saying, representation is so important. And that's why we want to see this kind of stuff in NASCAR. Like, it's not just shoving it yeah. down people's throats. It's not just using it as a personality trait. It's... You know, NASCAR is welcoming to LGBT people. Um, I think still to this day, if I went to the track with my boyfriend um, and we held hands, like, I feel like I wouldn't feel exactly safe. Mm-hmm. So there's, mm-hmm. like, stuff like that. and Yeah, that, that's that just the importance stuff, of all that. Yeah, that kind of stuff that I've always, I've always thought would be a process. You know, getting to a point where we have a fan base that is accepting of everything and not just related to that conservative view. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why, that's why like there's a reason, there's a reason why uh, that I've noticed at least that people usually never find out that they're gay until they know what it is. Like there's a reason why, there's a reason why you go, Oh, well maybe I am, you know, when you first find out about it because you are, you know, it's not that it's taught to you like this is how you be gay right <laughs> it's not like it's not like a religion or something like that that you have to become it's like when you find out about it and you say maybe i am you know that's because that's that's you right it's just a simple thing but it's, it's like just, society it's, just, it's something that clicks it's like yeah. when you find out hey i'm like good at drawing you know like that's just me yeah right but if you never it's, had you've... pencils or paper Never you're not have gonna know to that it. you're good at drawing. Exactly, and that's, and that's why art class is important. Um, as a feature <laughs> art educator, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, wow. Good. Oh, so much good stuff here. Um, uh, I wanted to ask you before um, we stop this, um, or not stop this, but what is like? Well, number one, like I guess about social media, what have you? I guess learn the most or like what's different um in terms of like I guess dealing with social media um like because I know for me I've gotten a little bit of popularity and sometimes I have times where I'll say something and it gets a lot of people a little wild up and I'm just like mm-hmm. and I got all these people on my mentions and it's kind of stressing me out and I don't really want to talk to them now and it's it's just it can it harms my mental health low key like oh yeah um, oh, it does yeah like what's I guess something that you feel like you're you, like how you've grown I guess in the past month or so um just in terms of like dealing with social media I think you might have mentioned it before but I just wanted to like ask right. you clearly um, it really goes to um, the part of like, what kind of following have you made for yourself? Like, what kind of people are following you? What kind of people reply to your stuff? And you need to think, you know, before I tweet this, before I post this, what does it mean? What are people going to say? And what is it going to do to me? Right? Because when mm-hmm. you post stuff on social media, anybody can reply to it. You know, people usually see opinions as bad too. Uh, some yeah. most people on social media. So you need to really think, you know, Am I just saying this because I want to say it? This is the way I think, or am I just saying it because I know this is going to get likes? I know this is going to get retweets, right? <laughs> um, that's generally something I had to do a lot of. Like I, I had my design account, right, where I garnered a lot of following 
for my designs. People followed me and liked my stuff because I was making designs. And they didn't come and follow me because of my personal opinion. You know, mm-hmm. when I started putting that stuff out, you know, it was like, you know, people, some of my followers were kind of like, it was like jarring, right? It was yeah. out of character. And of course, I agree with that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty out of character. <laughs> you know, usually people don't see this kind of stuff. So what I ended up doing was separating my, um, my personal opinions, my personality out of the lefty designs account and i made an account that's just noah sweet right Right. this is me this is where my personal opinions go if you don't like it just unfollow it's fine you know and if people are gonna be rude to me on that account it's just gonna right there's no reason to interact with them you know and i found the only way that the hate gets worse that the hate keeps spreading right that you you get worse like messages and worse replies is when you reply to it Oh, that's the geez. only way you're going to bring them I have so much back. trouble not replying to people because I'm just I like, do too. how me, dare you? I'm just like, how dare you say that to me? You know who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, it's like with me, like like with the way I grew up, like that traditional conservative way, I was one to defend myself 100%. Like, I don't care if it's something that I'm, that I believe in. And it's like, okay, yeah. I, I believe that the 2014 package is the best package, right? And then someone's going to shit on me for saying, well, I think the 2017 package is better, and I'll take it personally, you know? Yeah. I, I have trouble with taking things way too personal, and I defend myself Same like, here. over and over Same. and over again. But the only way that you're going to bring them back is if you reply to them. That's the only way they're going to come back. That's the only way it'll mm-hmm. continue, because they're not going to come back and comment something again. The people that comment negative stuff are the people who comment negative stuff on everything. They just scroll through Twitter and reply, nah, he's a trash driver. No, this package was terrible. No, you're actually stupid. Why do you think this? They just keep replying that same thing over and over and over and over again on all the tweets. And the only way you can bring them back is if you put them, if you put yourself in their notifications. That's the only way you're going to bring them back. So the best option you can do is to just stomach it, you know, ignore if it if it's someone you don't even know especially like just ignore it they don't know who you are Mm -hmm. if you respond in a negative way they're only going to hate you more you know you can't you can't make people accept you you can't make people be okay with you you just have to be okay with yourself and know what you said is true to you and what you believe in and that's the only way you can keep your mental health like up with this social media stuff. And the number one thing that makes it worse is, like I said, replying and feeding them. Like mm-hmm. you're feeding that animal, you know, when yeah. you reply. I've muted that's, people that's a their... lot. I've oh, started yeah. to mute people. I love muting because it's like they don't get to know that you muted them. Same. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I won because they blocked me. Like, they can't do that. Um, I just love muting yeah, people. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've noticed, too. That's what always stopped me from blocking people yeah. because I thought people like, I don't. Do yeah, that, I still but... don't block people because, like, I yeah. don't want them to think I acknowledge them. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I guess I, I guess I won against Eddie DeHunt, the 24-car spotter, or 9-car spotter. Why did he block you? <laughs> I don't know. What the hell? <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> I don't know. Being right. gay, I guess. I guess. But anyway. Damn. Jeez. <laughs> Just um, thought that was funny. Anyway. I wish I... I think it was smart what you did with your accounts. I've... I was having kind of a crisis because I feel like my account right now is so much stuff. It's like my live oh, racing yeah. takes. It's my designs. But it's also like... 
some of my personal takes because it's like I'll, if I want something to say, I'll do it on that account because I know people mm. will see it. Because I feel yeah. like I'm shouting to the void on my like other account. It, yeah. It, I don't when know. you make an account for designs, right? Mm-hmm. And you're de- like designs are pretty general. It's a paint scheme design. Sometimes yeah. you'll bring in the wrong people to your personal takes. Yeah. Like when you have content that conflicts, you're gonna get more. You're potentially gonna get more of a conflict than the replies. Yeah. Right? And that's like, like you been pull, my trouble. like a following. Yeah. When you pull like a following for for that kind of stuff, and you you know put out stuff that's opinion based, there's gonna be a lot of people who don't agree to that opinion and are going to lash out. You know, mm-hmm. there's just I've I've just been into so many different like things, not even just with racing, because, again, I also have this podcast and I yeah. play racing video games and um, I watch the racing like it's just and I, I'm also a gamer. So I have a gaming account. My brains is just in like five different places and I don't know how to because yeah. I don't want like eight different Twitters because there's no point. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah. like a balance I got to find for myself and I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah. that's you really... gotta find the most like prominent sides because you can generally group some things together based yeah. on what it is. Like I'm sure you could base, uh, you could like, like gaming, like that's like a personal preference, right? Yeah. Like a per, like you have a personal preference on games. You have a personal like opinion on what's a good game and what games mm-hmm. you enjoy, and you're able to pull kind of people who enjoy that game into the account that you base on your personal opinions, gaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've done with my Vesper Wave ad. I kind of changed yeah. that to more of a personal sort of thing. Exactly. More video games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, um, if I get more designers, I want to get their take too. What is, just period, your favorite paint scheme? And I'll say mine. Mine is Jimmy Johnson's 2007 to 2011 Cobalt Tools paint scheme. The this, Cobalt Tools. The silver... Yeah was so eye-catching it looked so badass it looked so fast it was so special to me because it felt like the like the normal low scheme looked good too but it's like when they brought that cobalt car out they they meant fucking business when they brought that cobalt oh, yeah. car out like that's yeah. just the attitude that car had and the and the yellow numbers the yellow splitter perfect yeah perfect it had a, it had a very it had a very big johnny cash vibe to yeah it's it. you just know just, so nice. just like rolling up like usually when like that's what i'm talking about with black cars like mm-hmm. when you normally have like a blue car it's bright blue it's really cool looking yeah. or bright red and you pull up to the racetrack in all black it's stealth like, mode whoa. yeah, yeah it's like whoa got the hey. cobalt tools car today yeah exactly you know <laughs> it's, it's like yo this they mean business today yeah. they're they're coming in in black but yeah. when you're coming in in black every day and you suck lows for like, pros uh, here mm-hmm. comes yeah <laughs> here comes, <laughs> comes the badass the black car yeah all right yeah oh. <laughs> you know you got to make those black cars that are like super sharp you got to make them special you know yeah every but cobalt I, car they had was so cool yeah oh like like even like the twenty the twenty sixteen with yeah. the cobalt tools was sick. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm gonna like my favorite paint scheme that I I look back on and it's like my favorite is not the wrapped but the painted twenty sixteen Jimmy Johnson scheme with the yellow with numbers the dark blue with the yellow numbers. Okay. It just what it just yeah. oh it just it uses space so well. Yeah, it has a perfect vibe to it. It's. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Like when you got the silver base, that's why I like Jimmy's paint scheme so much because all the matchbox cars had that like really nice like metallic finish mm-hmm. to the silver. It was just my oh, it was my favorite. It was a nice solid car. Honestly. Yeah, like the Sam Bass's design that he came up with in two thousand two 
um, where they continued that into 05, and then they added the black to it. And I think, like, an intern, like, at Andrick actually came up with that scheme. Mm-hmm. That's actually, like, another story that I, you know, would go into another day. But it was just my favorite, generally because I was a big U of M fan as a kid. I liked Michigan, so I liked the dark blue and the yellow. So I was like, that's a cool car as a kid, you know. But, like, I just kind of grew up just loving the the look of it. And then when that 2016 scheme um, started getting that yellow number treatment, you know, because mm-hmm. I started it in uh, 20 – I think they started in 2015. And they had the white number. Yeah. When they added that contrast – it was just perfect. Yeah. And, and it, was it was the painted, brand too, because it's Jimmy uh, Johnson's yeah. brand, that yellow number. Exactly. It, it just, I was just like, I, I love it. <laughs> you it know? was so nice. I remember, I think the first race they had, it was Richmond, and I was at that race because I remember it. Um, yeah. It just looks so good on track. It was so awesome. I think the, fir- the first time we saw the yellow numbers is when Jeff Gordon retired. Yeah. So all the cars in the, on the Homestead that was race cool. had yellow. Yeah. You should love do that every time that's uh, cool <laughs> you know <laughs> even like the dale jr like that's dale what jr's i was just thinking dale jr's good. car yeah. looked pretty good with it too like yeah the K- casey Kane's was eh, iffy but dale's yeah. was it looked so cool was, i was like they should they should just do that all the time. i love yellow numbers i'm a big it's, fan it's beautiful my I personal cars have so yellow much. numbers oh, yes so nice i love i love yellow I don't know if you know that. Oh, yellow. Oh. Is yellow that why? Is that why black. your logo's yellow? Oh, yes. it, it, it just pops so well on it black. Does. It just looks nice. That's why I'm so confused as to why I never really liked the Lowe's for Pros paint scheme. It's just like uh, the best thing about the Lowe's for Pros paint scheme is definitely the front end, because the way Brennan Droppo designed that front end, it actually adhered to the fog lights and the grill, and I'm like, that, yeah. that's cool. I like that. You know. I like that's when they actually the inspired car. the yeah. That's when I inspired the fangs on the lefty car, the mm. front end. When you see the white stripes on the 2018 car, it, they look sort of like the fangs that I put on the Camaro of mine. Yeah, that's I where I kind of got it from. That oh man, that's like my magnum opus. I love that car. I I think I honestly I didn't go through many concepts of that one. I think that was like I, I was just like that's cool. I like mm-hmm. that one. You know. I do that a lot. I'll be like, eh, that's cool. <laughs> that's like my, yeah. I need to make a shirt for that. That's cool. <laughs> With a little lefty logo on it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, And speaking of the lefty logo, you own the decalate of the 48 car. There's little, yeah. the, the rainbow lefty like little uh, logo on it. I want that. I want that. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the one uh, part that means the most to me yeah. on that car and i made sure i made sure to actually make the logo um like i wanted people to know that like i know what got me here you right. know i want to i want to i want people to know that i'm i know there's a reason why this happened and i want people to know that i know you know deep down yes i wanted i wanted that pride car to run but ally wants to run that car at the right time if they're going to mm-hmm. you know i mean they even told me like we don't know what we're gonna do next year. You know, we don't we don't know what we're gonna do, right? It's 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 up in the air. Yeah. You know, everything's a possibility. And to me, deep down, I feel like they're gonna pick the right time to do it. There's a reason why they yeah. picked Alex Bowman as their driver. There's a reason why they wanted the right driver to do it, and they want to pick the right time to and run. They're their continuing car. their branding with Alex Bowman. I think there's a good future for Ally and the 48 it's, car. 
I am excited. Yeah, I'm so I glad they so, picked Bone so Thugs. excited. I'm so glad. Yeah, I was. I was. That's that's the driver I wanted them to go with. Mm-hmm. Like deep. Like seriously. Like I'm like, if they want like a good future, good branding, and they want like a really good look for Ally next year, they will go with Bowman. Yeah, I think and they did it. He's just a, such a good. He can be a future like because John, Johnson felt like such a leader, and I think Bowman can do the same thing. But oh yeah, um, wow, like. <laughs> Bowman, keep, Bowman, Bowman keeps his cool. Yeah. He knows he knows what to do. He he knows how to be in the right place. Better car. You know? Mm-hmm. And with that ally team and the 48, like it's like, okay, this is it. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is the stepping stool to that all-star level. And I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Well Hendrick's gonna be such a freaking powerhouse next year. Yeah, Holy crap. It's gonna be fun. Um but yeah, thank you so much for coming on today um yeah of course talked about so much some designs lgbt mental health um yeah yeah i feel like this was this was a long overdue ep- uh podcast that <laughs> yeah. i needed to be on because i've been yes. on a few but i wanted to i really wanted to be on this one yeah. I, I i was really that's excited awesome. to talk Aww. to you guys that's awesome i was i was like kind of nervous approaching you because someone was like oh we should get no on the podcast i was like oh, noah what <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah but we and i know i we appreciate your allyship of course, on putting that the logo on the car, and mm-hmm. um, absolutely. And as personally as an artist, you're—I've already said this—but you're like my main inspiration at the moment. And seeing your stuff is just so fucking cool. And just keep doing what you're doing, and yeah. You know. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, knowing knowing I can inspire people means that I'm making more artists. Yeah, it's you like know, a, inspiration exactly. is the core factor to everybody. And like, I, whereas I started out with Sam Bass and Harris, and I've got Harris telling me that you know, you're making me work harder, dude. It's like I know I'm making. Oh yeah, more you're people. making me work harder, low key. And yeah. seeing other people, right. like it means it means we're it means I'm making this it means we're making this community better. The mm-hmm. design community is going to have more designers. It's going to have more concepts. The more you do and the more you inspire people, the better the community will make it. Because some yeah. people kind of take a rough attitude with it mm-hmm. and be, oh, this is so demotivating when I see stuff that's better than me. Because I used to do that. But you yeah. need to turn it into inspiration. That's how you make yourself better. So, Okay. Yeah. Um, well, good luck to Jimmy. And hopefully he can pull one out of the bag. Hopefully today. Um, they're supposed to be yeah. hopefully racing in like an hour. But um i hope yeah i want to see that car again (laughs) (laughs) yeah um all right well y'all you take care and um yeah thanks for coming on of course yeah thank you Mm -hmm. well that was that was great um yeah yeah oh no one has a lot to say but um it was a lot of good stuff though um i really i (laughs) There's a lot of stuff, like, I didn't know that there was that much into, like, his car design. Like, no, I had no idea. That was... Like, I was just kind of sitting back listening to y'all, because I'm not an artist. Yeah. But, but, yes, you are. I learned a lot there. You make art. What? <laughs> I've made, like, okay. Okay. I've made, like, ten schemes, because I was curious, and you helped me get started on it. Yeah. yeah. You're an artist. <laughs> My thank you. You've made art. Like, what do you mean? Like, bro. <laughs> As an artist, I object to the 88 Lumar scheme. Oh. That is my, that's my statement for the day. But I definitely, <laughs> I, I feel like it'd be really fun to have more designers on here just to talk mm-hmm. about design stuff. Like, mm-hmm. ah, so cool. 
Um, I think drive through Davin would be a lot of fun on here. Yeah, he's so funny. I love him. I like him. Hopefully he does a paint stream soon. But anyways, um, so uh, it's currently 3.40 Eastern Time on the West, the West Coast. The East you Coast. Live on the, you live on the West Coast? <laughs> That's news. Um, <laughs> Texas, the Texas race has still not happened. Um, mm -hmm. I have never seen this happen before where a race has gotten delayed three times. And it's funny, um, because really I'm not that excited for the cup race. I just want to see what no, happens. No, me neither. I'm not like, no. the Xfinity and truck races, they were immaculate. Um, Harrison Burton put it on Noah Gregson. He whipped out, he laid it out on the table and he said, fuck you. I'm winning this race. He did it. What a finish that was, the Xfinity race. Holy crap. And you know what? Harrison Burton spun and still came back yeah. to win the race. Spin and it's... win, baby. I love Harrison. I'm so happy he won that race. Yeah. And you know, he has a he and Noah don't get along. Oh yeah. So I think that I think that made that win even better for him. I made it better for me because I I oh. <laughs> I mean I don't Same. like Noah Gregson for like some serious reasons but like in just terms of a race car driver he's an asshole mm -hmm. all the drivers yeah. know he's an asshole he's like joey logano like he's really easy to not like on the racetrack except so, i don't except i like joey off the track i don't like no yeah that's the or yeah off the track <laughs> that's the difference for me um and i can kind of respect joey's like talent noah needs to yeah. Noah's problem. Well, I mean, I think Noah's problem really obviously he doesn't know how to manage his tires apparently cuz Harrison blew right past him. I have never seen he like two laps ago he had like a 1 second gap. Yeah, blew I right don't know how him. he blew that. It's like he stalled in the middle of 3 and 4 mm -hmm. on the last lap. And oh god, these Xfinity cars that would never happen in the Cup series. No. I said that on Twitter. You will not see this kind of race during the yeah. cup race. God, I literally... You, I want... Like, even during the... Throughout the race, they were getting close to each other. They were they racing were really good. Racing. For Texas. They were racing. People, yeah, Texas. people hate Texas, and I get it. The, the, turn, the turn one and two bullshit they did kind of hurt the track. But yeah. they... The, even trucks... Even trucks proved this is still good racing. You can have good racing... At most any tracks, it's so hard to fuck up stock car racing, and NASCAR has done it with the Cup Series. Like, that's why you get boring <laughs> races. And um, Noah talked about this on with the side force and stuff, and I really like flat cars. The Xfinity cars look so good. They still look like Supras. They still look like Chevrolets. Mm -hmm. And they race amazingly. I honestly... I don't even need a next-gen car. I don't. Just put more Just horsepower. Just use the Xfinity cars. Put Just more use the Xfinity cars yeah. and cut. I would only want a next-gen car, I think, for, like, um... Well, I know they're Hybrid. messing with, like, ground aero, um... Like, ground aerodynamics for more grip, but, mm -hmm. um... Yeah, like, for, hi for when hybrid engines come, that's when I'm... Like, I feel like that's the perfect time to... Yeah. Switch, but according I know according to Bob Pockers, I think twenty twenty three is the earliest we're gonna see like some electric elements in NASCAR engines. Um, I'm just worried that the cost is gonna skyrocket, and I because that's kind of what happened with F one. Um, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I we'll see. I'm hoping. I think I'm more so hoping that they'll 
go the route that they have with the Xfinity series with the car, like with the composite bodies mm-hmm. and everything. So they could actually like hit the wall and not be done for the yeah. day. And that's like probably Harrison Burton spun through the grass, like in the cup car, the splitter probably would have been destroyed. Yeah. So I don't know. I we'll see what NASCAR does with gen seven, but it, mm-hmm. it can't, it, if it's anything like it is now, it's not going to be good. Yeah. And the fender flares got to go and yeah, it just, I, I like the gen six. It, it's cool. It's sexy. It is what it is, but we want a race car like and the xfinity cars they're sexy they look amazing like i think the best part about stock car racing is how simple the cars are yeah um do you know i mean we and we used to have cup and bush series they used to have basically the same body like we don't need like an xfinity body and a cup body they can be the same bodies you know just different Mm -hmm. rules packages like xfinity and the perfect world you know maybe a little bit less horsepower so it's easier to drive like yeah that's my dream um and there's people that with the cup package and i'm not trying to turn this into another part two of the package (laughs) but there's some people that say well nascar has a vision with this package and well they're they're not headed in the right direction if they want they need to get some glasses on real quick well yeah that's their vision (laughs) steve o'donnell blind as hell even Never mind. I like what I'm seeing. What do you see? Nothing. Nothing good. <laughs> There's nothing good about this, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. but I am excited to watch Texas so I can complain about the package more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at Dreamy Zach Racing. Um, by the way, Noah's socials will be in the description. I forgot to mention that Noah's like Twitter and stuff. Um, so check the description if you want to see Noah's stuff. You somehow haven't heard about them. Um, anyways, so um, a lot to... of you probably have a lot of people listening probably haven't yeah. heard of us. They, probably that's probably more likely. Yeah. So. Hey, 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 fellas. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, right before we started recording, Kyle Larson got confirmed for the five car. Uh, we've been we've new. been new. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, we predicted it right here on this podcast. The... I did several episodes before Zach. Don't let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> the biggest thing about this... <laughs> I'm so sorry. The biggest thing about this is that it's the 5 car. Um, and it's not yeah. the 57. Some people thought it was the 57. I thought it was maybe going to be the 57. I thought that would be really powerful branding. Um, I thought it would have been so cool. But I've, I've been saying the 5 from yeah. the get-go. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I was fine with the 57 or the 5. Um, the 25 would have been kind of dumb because what's the point? Yeah. Like, it's just the Shout 24. out to Michael Carey. Shout out to Michael but... Carey. Boy, I know you love the 25, <laughs> but it's not the time. It's not the time. <laughs> maybe when they uh, maybe when they re- get rid of the 9, they just yeah. get bored of it. So in like 20 years, <laughs> when yeah. Chase Elliott so retires. I... Yeah, we'll have the 25 back. By then, God, because Chase Elliott, I don't see him ever leaving Hendrick. It wouldn't surprise me. Like it's kind of, I I highly doubt it. Don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. It'd probably be like late in his career. Um, Yeah, I wonder what he'll look like in twenty years. That'll be weird. I mean, he already looks pretty good. So okay, damn, putting the gay in the gay racing (laughs) podcast. Well, (laughs) hey. we, we're talking about racing. we got to talk about the gay part. we got to talk about the men. Like, <laughs> you can't put all these hot men in front of me and be like, well, most racing. Uh, 
Race car drivers are pretty cool. <laughs> They're nice. Especially Formula One. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Formula One, um, I got a bone to pick with the FIA for a minute. So, a lot happened over the weekend in terms of, um, like... So, I we mentioned on um, the podcast this dude. What's his name? Vitaly Petrov. Yeah, Vitaly Petrov. Um, now, I don't want to rip into him too hard. And it's not really about him anyway. Um, no. Because... Um, they appoint- He's kind of just the example. They appointed him... He said some kind of homophobic things, right? Whatever. And... The FIA has this thing, Formula One, they have this thing with hashtag, hashtag, re-race as one with a rainbow. It's supposed to be inclusive, inclusive, inclusiveness, inclusivity, whatever you, whatever the word is. I obviously don't know. <laughs> whatever that word is for, um, I'm doing the SpongeBob rainbow hand motions right now. Um, whatever, <laughs> the, inclusivity for race, sexual orientation, and, you know, whatever else. Uh, not whatever else. Religion. Religion. Um, Just anything. Really, diversity. Diversity in human culture. Because humans are very different. Um, some of us are have disabilities, right? And mm-hmm. this goes to an, an incident that happened Friday. Um, Max Verstappen, Lance Stroll, they made contact in practice, and Verstappen used an ableist slur, and um, he used two ableist slurs, actually. And, for well, number one, Verstappen's response to people offended is not my problem. Quote, not my problem. Um, which, I, I just feel like you're... I didn't even know he responded. That's stupid. Yeah, apparently he was interviewed about it. Like, I, I, I just think he need like people mention that it could be a culture thing, like a Dutch thing. But like, I don't. I've seen some people say, "Well, that's not an excuse for being a dipshit," um, which yeah. I kind of agree. It, I mean, well, this... you can. It's kind of it was kind of a culture thing in the U.S. Just say the f-slur well yeah it's exactly. like an insult forever so it's the same kind of thing it's still not even if it's part of your culture it doesn't mean it's good or okay yeah i just think there should have been something done like maybe some action like maybe a fine maybe oh well number one from Verstappen, at least an apology the fact that he didn't apologize for it shows he yeah. really doesn't give a shit and like that's not that's not funny like there's people with disabilities that watch formula one and there's I saw this thing on Twitter, like, people, those ableist slurs bring a lot of pain. I mean, mm-hmm. society, people have tormented people with disabilities, and it's, it's just not, it's not funny or cute, and I don't think Verstappen saying not my problem is helping the situation, and the FIA doing nothing about it, and, you know, going back to Petrov, um, hiring someone as a steward which is an official for those who don't know um someone who has been openly homophobic hiring them as a race steward is kind of like i get separating like just focusing on like the business and the racing but like at the same time what like we don't race as one like it's obvious um someone wrote an article um his name's like dre harrison on twitter if you want to look him up 
he wrote an article about how, no, we don't race as one. And this goes back to when Lewis Hamilton wore the, uh, the Breonna Taylor shirt on the podium. And I don't mm-hmm. know if he got fined for that or if a new rule came up because of it. I think it was just a new rule that yeah. you're not allowed to wear t-shirts. I'm just like, well, then what's the point? And the whole, and I, and since, basically since it started, when they did the kneeling, and like not every driver kneels still, it's so, like, what's the point? Like, it's like, why, well, number one, why not kneel? Because it doesn't mean anything anyway. Like, that's. No, it's all performative. Yeah, at this point it is. I, th- I think at first it was like, oh yeah, this is cool. Um, cause, yeah. But now, at the start, it was a big statement, especially yeah. in the United States, for mm-hmm. sure. But I think, and then there's just drivers that are coming up with every single excuse they can possibly come up with or why they won't kneel. It's like the, the Charles bro, Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. Leclerc. Um, like, he's saying like, oh, he doesn't, like he said he doesn't want to kneel because people, he doesn't want people to take it and use it politically like it's not it's only going to be political if you make it political that's the thing yeah i think like it's just kneeling like you're making you're bringing more attention to yourself by not doing it number one so if you really didn't want to be involved in this then just kneel like whether you're racist or not because red's kind of sus um (laughs) red's kind of sus you don't even you don't even like among us you're talking it's you're using ca- that joke what's well, a culture um <laughs> not my culture oh my i'm appropriating among us culture um <laughs> um i know carlos science is kind of sus <sighs> um can't oh well, yeah kimmy raikkonen's whole personality apparently is not giving a shit about anything but again with verstappen that's, that's not not even that's not even sus that's like right in the open yeah some of the masks he wears that's in that's in the open yeah like it's just like <laughs> We don't race as one. It's kind of a joke to imply that we do. Now, there are good things about the hashtag re- race as one campaign because I think the best part is the teams have embraced it. Like McLaren has probably the one of the first LGBT paint schemes in the world. They have a little like kind of rainbow design on the side of their car and they have a rainbow halo. Uh, Williams has a rainbow halo. Um, I think McLaren does too. Yeah, McLaren. Um, who else? Somebody else. Racing Point, their logo, like half of it's like a rainbow. Um, it's cool. The teams really embraced it. And, um, you know, in Mercedes, of course, they've changed their paint schemes to black in support of um, Black Lives Matter, which I, those black cars are just so cool. And this Lewis has been setting it on fire this season. And by the way, congrats to Lewis Hamilton because he, just beat Michael Schumacher's win record over the weekend. Um, and he has no sign of stopping. Either. No sign of stopping. Um, he is on a roll. Um, looking for championship number seven. I, I mean, Sunday, I, I think I mentioned this um, in the Noah segment, but there's some vibes about Sunday that Lewis Hamilton set off, and then, mm-hmm. then we saw IndyCar and... Uh, I guess I'll transition to IndyCar now. I think that's all I got to say about the... It's just like the re-races one campaign is just, to me, it doesn't feel very... It's just something's it's off very, about it. It's very symbolic. I think it's a it's a good idea, but they haven't really done anything to prove that they actually mean it. Yeah. It's just been very 
oh yeah, we're progressive. Yeah, look at us go. And mm -hmm. then they hire people like Vitaly Petrov, who has said this stuff. They don't do anything about Max Verstappen saying what he said. And then they censor Brianna Taylor's name at their events when Lewis Hamilton wears her shirt. It, it, it's just nonsense. Yeah, it's they did just... censor it, right? Because they wouldn't show pictures of it on their like social media. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think I think it's down to like kind of this difference of direction in the Formula One company. I mean, it's a big company, obviously. It's a big brand, and I think there's, and it's, I mean, it's run by a bunch of old white guys, so it's mm -hmm. just kind of this thing that's not really focused. Um, yeah. But it's better than nothing, I will say. Um, yeah, and again, the team has sure. embraced it. Like I think, I can see it. I can see a gay F one driver before I can see a gay NASCAR driver. Maybe I can agree. Yeah. Um. Well, like, it's a little different because I, I think it's harder to get in Formula One anyway, just as a person. Well, I think Formula One. Actually, now that I think about it, it's probably more unlikely to see an openly gay F1 driver yeah. just because they they go to Russia. They That's go to right. Other now, countries that I, now that I think... That are pretty homophobic. Yeah. Well, like yeah. Like paper, that makes sense, but also... I, I wasn't thinking yeah. about that when I said that, so I will take that back right now because <laughs> I want to do a spreadsheet like the LGBT laws in every country Formula One races in. Um, mm -hmm. And there's stuff about that, too, like the political means of, like, Formula One promotes equality yet they race in russia and um there's something about a saudi arabia race next year that people are upset about Ooh. and i didn't know they were doing that that's sketchy yeah and just like hmm. pool like if you really i if they were dead serious about it and i get like they're more than just an lgbt company they're a racing division the mm -hmm. biggest one in the world but you got to do a little bit more than a rainbow logo, I think. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's. But again, it is better than nothing. But yeah, transitioning to IndyCar. Um, Before we go to IndyCar, I do want to talk about something you mentioned about mm -hmm. this weekend being. So Scott Dixon did win his sixth championship. Mm -hmm. and, Formula, and Formula One, it looks like Lewis Hamilton is probably going to win his seventh, right? And he just surpassed Michael Schumacher. Yeah. I really hope Jimmy Johnson wins the Texas race mm -hmm. because I'm thinking we could have three seven-time champions like that are actively racing. If Lewis Hamilton wins, which it looks like he will, Scott Dixon just needs one more, which yeah. is pretty likely. Jimmy Johnson has seven. Like we're honestly probably living in the golden age of like the greatest of all time oh, in yeah. the three form at motorsports. Mm -hmm. IndyCar like, next year is lit. Oh, yeah, Scott for sure. McLaughlin. I don't know if we... Scott McLaughlin was announced to do full-time next year in the three-car. Yeah. Like, we're going to have Jimmy, Scott, both Scots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> both Scots. Um, like, the championships between them. And what if Lewis... Like, what if when he retires from F1, he goes to America and races? Oh, I'd love that. He's shown I, interest I, in American motorsport. I... I don't know if he would, but, like, that'd be so awesome. Be I would so cool. be a huge fan. I would love if he at least tried the 500. The Indy 500. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Man, that'd be sick. I think he can't because of his contract with Mercedes now. Like, he can't go racing anywhere else. Well, I mean, after his career's over, I'm sure he could, if he wanted to. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he's almost 40, right? I guess. I don't know. He's pretty old. I mean, he's been racing since, like, 2007? 7, 8 I something. Say? I don't know. Um, like, I'm sure he could he could win the next five years of championships. But like, yeah. let's say he went he races next year and calls it quits. We'd have seven time champions yeah. galore. That Joseph would... can win next year's championship, but I, if Scott Dixon wants to win a seventh, he can just like wait a year or two. But <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but you know, I think I just really think we are living in the golden age of like the goats. But you know, people also probably thought that when you had. Michael Schumacher, Ari Dinsena, Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty. Um, mm-hmm. And you look at IndyCar, too. You had a lot, like, Mario Andretti was around. Yeah. So you just, you know, but, like, right now, yeah, you have so I, many iconic drivers. I think watching running. Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart retire. Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That really made me start to appreciate greatness. And, like, when Kevin mm-hmm. Harvick wins a race, for example, I don't mind it. Like he, if especially if he deserves it, like it's it's good to see. Like it might not be the most exciting winner, but like it is what it is, and it's kind of cool yeah. to see him pull it off. Like for example, we talked about it at Bristol. We saw Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, two of the best drivers in recent NASCAR, battle it out for a win. That's good racing. Like yeah. n- no one's coming here to watch Garrett Smithley and Timmy Hill battle for a win. <laughs> like, and I no. love Garrett Smithley. Don't get me wrong. Now. Um, but, like, we're here to watch the the stars of the sport battle it out for wins. Like, what's wrong when it... Yeah. Like, NASCAR fans get really tired when the same drivers win, and then they... Now we're here with this rules package, and I, it is what it is. Um, But I really appreciate greatness, and I can't wait to watch IndyCar next year and see what Jimmy and Scott and other Scott can do. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, other Scott. I don't know which one's other Scott. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um, wow, that's amazing though. Um, and yeah, yeah. IndyCar, St. Pete. Um, incredible race, IndyCar. This was like there were a lot of cautions. I was getting a little annoyed, but this was this felt like a NASCAR race, but like good. Well, here's no. the thing. When a lot of cautions come out and a lot of chaos comes out, it's it's refreshing in other series because, like, it doesn't happen every week. I mean, IndyCar, there's been so many races with no cautions. Yeah, I mean, like, there have really Indy, been a lot. One of the Harvest GP races was caution-free, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, think it's, I think it was the first one. But, yeah, like, um, what's it called? Um, my brain's not working. But yeah, like, there were so many... People kept losing their, their rear wheels and kept spinning out. Yeah. And a lot of mistakes happening. Colt, like, Rossi! Rossi was leading. He hadn't had a... he and doesn't. Spun out. He, so, Alexander Rossi and Kyle Busch are having a very similar 2020. Um, mm-hmm. And Rossi was looking to win this race. He was dominating, and he spun. In the lead, by himself, damaged the car, out of the race. And is virtually a teammate, Colton Herta. Um, he also made, he made like two mistakes. Um, he like yeah, overdrove Colton a corner. Had, yeah, Colton spun out in a corner. He did like a burnout to get back going. Yeah. Then he spun it out again. 
And then James Hinchcliffe looked like the favorite to win, and he had an issue too. He It was under caution, and he spun out. Yeah, he spun out under caution. And then I think somehow he got hit, and I might have been... I think it was his fault he did something stupid under caution i don't know though but it looked like a good day for andretti and then they all shit the bed joseph mm-hmm. and scott were stalking each other the entire day joseph was always in front of scott the entire day and that was kind of the point because scott was just like i gotta keep joseph in sight um yep because something kind of catastrophic had to happen to dixon for joseph to get that championship but and you know what jo- joseph did everything he needed to do yep to try and win that championship mm-hmm. and he did that, that one restart where he went inside and made that pass yeah i don't i can't remember which drivers were there but that po- was Polo and herda i think that sounds right um yeah he but restarted that... third and passed two cars in turn yeah. one holy crap that, that won him the race yeah and again he did and everything you know, Pata... he... He had a huge challenge from Pato Award, who, by the way, is going to be a superstar of IndyCar, mm-hmm. for no doubt about it. Um, Pato was there and was all over him. And Scott Dixon's hanging back in third, just chilling. Son of Sunday drive. I'm going to get my title. But by the way, Scott Dixon had to race through a he lot. Was three wide at times. He, he had cars wrecking in front of him. They wrecked on a lot of restarts, and it was around Scott Dixon. And yeah, I think Scott played that race so smart. I mean, that's him. That he's a six-time yeah. champion for a reason. Like he, I'm impressed. And Joseph too, though. I mean, he had a lot of close moments, especially at the beginning of the race, and you know. But he was aggressive, and he did it in a way that was smart, because obviously mm-hmm. he won the race. Um, I, I was impressed. It was great driving, and I think I was proud of Joseph. Um, because well, remember, he what he closed like a hundred points in the last few races. He was a hundred and seventeen points behind Scott Dixon going into Gateway Two. Yeah, and that's when he won Gateway Two. And he I, made up a hundred and one points in five races. Mm-hmm. And I'd hate to, I'd hate to like blame COVID, but I I feel like the start of the season and stuff. I feel like that. Is somehow it slowed Joseph down because I did not see 2019 Joseph until we got to like I think Iowa maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, and even that one felt a little like, eh, he, you know, Tim Cindric got him that one. Um, but later in the year, especially at you know the NDGP, uh, or not the NDGP but the Harvest GP, he he set it on him like he he did it mm-hmm. he he ran a perfect ran a really good race so i just a good championship battle and again we don't need playoffs and you know what just one race of a difference if joseph let's say finishes better at road america that was a bad race for him oh yeah he's probably champion iowa won if he didn't have that caution come out the wrong time he was going to win iowa one he probably would be champion if indianapolis 500 i don't know the exact ma- math here but I, I think if there were not double points, this would have been close to tied. Yeah. Because Dixon finished second, mm-hmm. I think Newgarden fourth or fifth or so. Yeah. Um, there's like one race could have changed this whole thing. And Joseph still made up 101 points. Like it's, this is an incredible points battle. Like I knew from the start. Yeah. It just wasn't that likely, but this is probably the biggest comeback I've seen yeah. in a motorsports like point standings. 
ever. If Dixon had one bad race, it would have been over. Cause I, I mean, don't... he had several bad races. That's how Joseph caught up. Well, well yeah, I meant like, like I meant like seven, a DNF ten. or something. Yeah, yeah. Because like, like actually bad, and that's what Joseph right. and Scott yeah. really did good this year. They really did not make too many huge mistakes. I mean, we saw what we saw Herda and Rossi. Rossi this year, he has so many DNFs, so many. Um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, good race. Can't wait for next year. I'm excited. <laughs> um, well, the schedule's lame, but it is what it is. I, well, we just need more ovals, and I, I should have, I should have bookmarked the tweet, but I can't find it now. There was a tweet that said that Joseph and Scott were the two drivers that that finished every single lap this season, and that's the yeah. first time two drivers have done that since like a decade or something. I remember seeing that. I, yeah. Yeah, I can't find the tweet now, but you know they were just so consistent, both of them, all season long. It was really impressive. And I, they are are easily the best two drivers, and both of them could win the championship next year, either one. Mm-hmm. And now that Pado Awards improving, Colton Herta is improving. If those two put up consistent seasons throughout the whole season, this could be a four horse battle next year. E- Easily. Will oh, Power, yeah. too. Will Power gets shit together. Will Power needs to get his shit together, yeah. Because... Um, I felt... love IndyCar so much. IndyCar's competition is so good. And it's real. Like, it's not like... Like, NASCAR... NASCAR's like, oh, we have eight drivers that could win the championship. But yeah, because you fucking reset their points. Of course they do. <laughs> the fuck yeah. you mean? And then F1's just Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, there's Valtteri. Oh, there's Verstappen. That's it. I basically IndyCar just... is the perfect balance, oh and as we, as you, as you said, we have seven-time NASCAR champion Jimmy Johnson coming to IndyCar for the road courses, and you have three-time super Australian Supercar champion Scott McLaughlin full-time next season. Like, I'm just saying, IndyCar is the best thing out there right now. No. I don't think you can argue that. I think the oval racing is a little lacking. Like, yeah, if they had, well, the oval but, racing itself sucks. Um, yeah, and... but. There was yeah. still strategy at the oval races. Exactly. So like, that like if NASCAR didn't have stage racing but they had this package, the races would still be decent. I agree. Well, n- they wouldn't, but they'd be watchable. <laughs> they'd be watchable. <laughs> let me not yeah. let me not hype them up too much now. <laughs> strategy don't save everything, but well, I mean, that was kind of gateway though. Um Yeah, like I was pumped up at gateway too. Like that was yeah, so that much fun thought. for mm-hmm. me. But I'll be honest, if it wasn't Joseph, would I be as excited? Maybe not. Oh, but wow. I still, I had so much fun. Yeah, I had a decent and... time watching from home. Mm-hmm. But... I... I don't know. I'm very... I just want IndyCar to come back. Like, NASCAR's been on running out of Texas for four days now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah. oh my god, just give me IndyCar back. I'm ready. Gosh, I wish IndyCar... I wish they had a longer schedule, too. Yeah. Like, There's only 14 races this year, which I think is shorter than it was supposed to be because of COVID. Right. Like, I wish they had... I wish they raced on more weekends. I wish their breaks weren't as long. I wish... Yeah. There were more ovals. Um, I, I think we could probably talk about what we'd want on an IndyCar schedule. But basically, I mean, I designed something a few weeks ago. But basically, I just want a balance of, like, short ovals, speedways, street courses, and road courses. 
and right now mm -hmm. there's just too many road and street courses and literally like one short oval now because Iowa's gone and Richmond never actually mm -hmm. came back and so sad about that so sad um but it is what it is I'm not too upset but and you know another sad thing about IndyCar is that the Indy Lights series they're not doing the Freedom 100 next yeah. year there's a lot of controversy about that and, and that's the only Indy Lights race that gets televised yeah so like that's how I first heard about Colton Herta. It's the I only one I heard about Auto Award, Oliver Askew. Yeah. So I'm like all these guys that I normally first hear about in that race. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna know who these new people are that mm -hmm. they bring up from that anymore. You know? Yeah. And that and they call it the Road to Indy program, and they're not gonna race at Indy. Yeah. So it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make to me. sense, and it, it's the showstopper of the Indy Lights. Like it's Carb Day For tradition. Sure. It's it is what it is, though. But it's bullshit. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. On the bright side, IndyCar's on track. His on track um, show is easily the best out there, in my opinion. I think so. I agree. Um, I think supercars seem to have pretty good racing, but what do I look like waking up in like the <laughs> middle of the night? I already have trouble waking up at like 9 a.m. on a Sunday to watch mm -hmm. Formula One. Um, but in terms of Sunday, though, I had a really fun time watching racing this weekend. Um, just keeping yeah. low-key to myself in my house. Uh, it was awesome. Cup race, hopefully. I'm, I love Wednesday cup races, by the way. Um, I know they're not really going to be a thing because TV numbers, but it's really fun to, like, especially if I had, like, if I did have class today, I didn't. But if I did, coming home knowing there's an NASCAR race on, that would be that's just that's fun to me yeah especially if there are some during the summer but i understand that's probably not going to happen it is what it is that's why i always loved when the the duels at daytona yeah. were like mid-afternoons i'd come home and they were on it was so cool mm -hmm. I, I i get why they do at night now i like them more at night because then yeah, i can look too. forward to them the entire day it's so nice yeah. Bye. Well, do you have anything else to talk to? Talk to about? Um, not really. Um, I'm trying to think well, of if I have a random quirk about racing I should insert, but I don't think I do. <laughs> I've been designing a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> before we started calling today, I'm like, how are you? And you're like, I'm just breathing. Yeah, I'm like, me too. So it's it's been one of those weeks. It's just, a, oh my God. Just, just surviving, you know. I'm on the struggle trying. bus. Oh, me too, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is what it um, is. <laughs> sad. Sad in, hours. Listen, Martin Souls in a few days. It's fine. Oh, praise Jesus. I'm so excited. I'm not going. I'm just I'm just watching. <laughs> Fuck, I look like going to Martinsville in the middle of a pandemic. Well, Martinsville, should we get into our Martinsville picks? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I set that up for you. Me. I was like, I know he ain't going to say anything. <laughs> um, who so, picks first? I'm looking. Uh... I'm, I think I I literally looked this up really do our points. I really don't remember. Um, 
<laughs> I think you pick different. I think I pick for truck, and you pick for Xfinity first. Yeah, that probably makes sense. And then there's no Indy car, right? And there is, but I get to pick first for F1. Mm -hmm. And and Cup race, we're just gonna oh, we're just gonna say we'll pick whoever the hell we want because no one has that race hasn't run. Yeah, yet. I mean, I still As have a pretty good idea then. who's gonna win it. So yeah. Okay. Um. So I. So, so you. No, I pick first because I think. <clears throat> yeah. Or no. I think I pick first for truck. Okay. Go ahead. I had. Then. I had end finger. Yeah. Um. So it's Martinsville, and I'm thinking back to when I was at Gateway, kind of a short track, not the same kind of thing, and there was a guy who was kind of moving everyone out of the way. He won the race at Gateway, and he just won Texas. So my pick is Sheldon Creed. Okay. Um. I think he's honestly going to win the championship. Um, that's not my official championship pick for truck, but he's just always winning. Yeah. He just seems to always be the one to to pick. You're right. So, he always yeah. do be winning. You do. Mm -hmm. um, I have no idea who to pick for truck, so my, if I'm honest. Um, it probably won't be Thor Sport. Um, definitely not Ben Rhodes because everyone's going to be after <laughs> his ass. Ben Rhodes ain't finishing that damn race. He's not finishing no that damn, damn, damn race. I feel like a playoff driver won't win. Um, I think Christian Eckes. Well, Christian Eckes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you a, a hard one, Christian Eckes. Christian, Eckes. I can see that. Yeah, Christian there could Eckes. be a little bit of a redemption after getting wrecked by Ben Rhodes. We didn't talk about that, but like mm -hmm. we didn't have much to say about it. Yeah, but. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Mm -hmm. Michael Waltrip. Look at this cat go up to getting wrecked last week. Michael Isn't Walsh this just great NASCAR it. racing? This is such. This is the great thing about NASCAR racing here on Fox Sports 1. Exactly. That's Michael Waltrip. And then Ben Walsh <laughs> is like, Christian! Christian Eka! Christian Eka! Eckes! His wheel! The wheel! The wheel! <gasps> Hang on, I need my inhaler. I'm so sorry, Vince Walsh, but I'm also not sorry. I'm sorry. Put Alan Kavana in the truck booth, please. Please. Alan Kavana! That'd be so cool. So, for Xfinity, um, first time at you, Martinsville. You picked you pick Chase Briscoe for truck, and I picked Austin Sendrick um, for Texas. So Yeah, and Chase had a DNF. Um, yes. So, I picked first, obviously, and I don't think he's going to win Martinsville. I think. Let's see. Who is a good at short tracks? Um, oh, I could see Allgaier winning. I don't know if that's my pick though. No. Nah. So Xfinity hasn't raced at uh, Martinsville since like two thousand five or so. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with AJ Allmendinger. He's really good at Martinsville, and he's entered in the college car. That was a late. That was a late entry too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could think... see that. Go ahead. I. Oh, but what if Frost needs to win? I already wrote it down. I don't give a shit. Because I feel like he won't interfere with the top spots because I think yeah. Ross needs to win. I'm not sure if Ross needs to win, actually. Let me look at the playoff bubble while you make your pick. So, I agree with picking Al Almondinger. I think this is going to be a guy who's actually raced there who's going to win Martinsville. And that kind of narrows it down to, like, Justin Allgaier, AJ Almondinger. People like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go with the king of the short tracks this year, and that's Justin Allgaier. Yeah, I, that's a good pick, honestly. When you said Justin Allgaier, I said, 
fuck. I'd like, I don't know if you, I don't know if the mic picked it up or not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh, you're not picking him. Cool. But mm -hmm. yeah, I picked a Justin Allgaier. So the entertaining thing about the Xfinity race is going to be that Ross Chastain and Noah Gregson are in must-win situations. Um, mm -hmm. No, they're not. That's cap. But they are behind the playoff bubble. Um, like they're like 15 and 24 points back. So Gregson's they... going to be a dump truck. No, Ross Chastain is also going to be a dump truck. This race is going to be great. I'm so excited for Martinsville. You it do is not be understand. Good. Like all three races are going to be amazing. Like we're gonna have Ben Rhodes getting wrecked by everyone and their mother. <laughs> we're going to have Noah Gregson and Ross Chastain race to see who can wreck more cars. And then the cup race. Um, unfortunately, Joey Logano's already locked in, so he's not going to be total crackhead mode. Because I was mm. hoping it'd be him versus Truex again for the final spot, but I don't think it will be. Right. Um, so hopefully Jimmy whips out his dick on the table and fucking gets the win. Oh, oh um, my. Okay. Sorry, that was a graphic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on, Jimmy. Gay Racing Podcast. Come on, exactly. Jimmy. Who's so, picking? oh, who's picking first? Because we don't have results. Okay, should we do like rock paper scissors or something? Um, <laughs> I don't know. How do we do that on voice call? I don't know. I guess we can just do it. Okay, cool. All right, rock, rock, paper, paper scissors. Wait, scissors. how do we say it though? Hey, I'm just gonna say what I pick. Okay. Wait, wait let's think of what we what we're gonna pick, and we'll say it at the same time. But what if it's the same okay. person? Oh, like the driver? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. It can we be can the same person? Okay. Yeah. Just one time. Oh, hold on. Let me make sure I'm confident in my pick. Okay. I'm confident in my pick. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Brad Kislowski. Denny Hamlin. Oh. I thought you were going to pick Truex. Okay. All right. Kislowski's a really good pick. I think we should start doing that. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I'm like, rock, paper, scissors. No, wait, no, no, no. Let's just yell her. Let's just yell her. I like it. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Denny yeah. Hamlin. All right. Kislowski's a really good pick, though. Mm -hmm. I do like that one. See, I think Hamlin, um, I mean, we'll see how this Texas race plays out, but I believe right now he's only like plus 11 or something. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot like Phoenix last year. He's just going to be like, I'm going to punch my ticket to the last race and just knock it out of the park. Right. Yeah. He'll probably be in. I think there's potential for a story to really set up. I mean, it kind of happened last year in 2019. I, in my opinion, Hamlin looked like the favorite going into Homestead. Yeah. And there was such a story building <laughs> around him. Like for once, like a story was building to the playoff championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for, for should we do that same thing for Formula One? I, I it's not the same though because well, it's like it's not it's not as fun with F one because There's it's only just two like options. Lewis Ham <laughs> it's <laughs> just Lewis Hamilton. For F one, based on our previous rules, I get to pick first, right? I guess so. <laughs> well, okay. You say who your pick is, which is the second choice. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna type it. Okay. Right. Okay. Um. Well, I gotta think about my second choice. I don't know who I want. So, I picked Lewis Hamilton. It's it's kind of obvious. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, am I feeling Max or am I feeling Valtteri? 
so, speaking of Max, I'm going to put Max because um, I think, I feel like if anyone's going to beat Lewis, it's not going to be his teammate anymore unless Lewis mm -hmm. majorly fucks up. So there's been rumors that Albon's going to like get replaced by Hulkenberg in the second Red Bull car because there's just something going on with that Red Bull car. Um, theory is that it's because it's so high strung that Max is driving style. Um, but mm -hmm. it's just sad though, because I wish, because basically F1, it's even worse this year because the only cars that are competing for wins are the two Mercedes and then Verstappen. Like Ferrari yeah. last year at least was competing for wins um, early in the season and stuff, and uh, it's just it just sucks. Um, yeah. But again, Max outsmarted, not outsmarted, more outlasted them at. Uh, Britain, I believe, and didn't he win another race this year? Verstappen? Yeah, I feel like he won two. I think him and Valtteri have won two races this year. Like, each. He might have. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Well, it's not important. Um, no. But it's just cool. Um, yeah, Verstappen. Yeah. I think he can do it. I have faith in him. Though he needs to stop saying slurs, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to beat his ass. But I think that's wraps it up for the Gay Racing Podcast. Um, I'm just going to check Twitter real quick to see if Texas is actually about to happen. Because I believe cars are being pushed to the grid in a few minutes. Um, yeah, it's supposed to start in about 30 minutes, supposedly. Yeah, according to Doug Rice, um, NASCAR is about to roll the cars to the grid here um, at Texas Motor Speedway. Um. So that's fun. Cool. <laughs> Bob Parker, see, speaking of Among Us, he like <laughs> he used an acronym like let me get that for mm -hmm. you. So L M G T F Y and people are like, is that an Among Us code? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Poor Bob. That's funny. Um But yeah, um, again, thanks for Noah Sweet, Lefty Designs for coming on to the podcast and talking with us. Yeah. That was awesome. Um Again, follow him on Twitter. Our Twitters will be down below. Enjoy the Texas race if it happened by the time you're listening to this. Hopefully it did. If not, um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> but y'all take care. Y'all stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Love yourself because oh, yeah. it's important. You need to work on that. <laughs> I, yeah, it's important. Um, I know it's important. Um, don't ask me how to do it, though. So Yeah. Don't ask me either. Just just do it though. <laughs> Try. Yeah. Um but yeah, y'all take care. Um and we'll see y'all next week. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye.